Welcome back to episode 33 of the All Music Is Good podcast. Podcast that would normally take a deep dive into four recent releases. We like to get right in there and try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great. But somehow 2021 has just flown by and all of a sudden it's that time of the year where we like to put aside the not so great because tonight in typical All Music Is Good tradition, we gather with some of our favourite guests of 2021. And by favourites, I mean those that actually had a night free at this insanely busy time of the year and only quoted pizza and wine as a fee. And we sit together with these amazing folk, plus a guy that I'm contractually obliged to do it with, to celebrate a year of great music because all music is good. But only one Eric can be crowned the All Music Is Good album of the year. Now, there are many great awards out there that any musician would be ecstatic to receive. Obviously, the Grammys. Grammys would be good. The Mercury Prize, the VH1 Music Awards, the Blockbuster Entertainment Entertainment Awards. They still exist. Do they? Are they still a thing? I'm not, I guess I so. What about the um, uh, the People's Choice Awards? Um, look, all I can say is as momentum Logies? builds around this podcast, especially with our 2021 charting success in Israel, where we continue to hover weekly in the low 90s, thanks to RX Auntie playing the podcast on repeat. It's, uh, it's, de- it's actually due to a, uh, a guy in Jerusalem named Tom Ben I- Ben Al-Kayun. Shout, so thank- shout him out. Shout him out. Thank you, Tom. Look, I'd like to think that the esteem on which the All Music is Good album of the year is held will at some stage come to be recognised, if not at the same level as maybe the Tamworth Country Music Awards, then possibly like just below, but like certainly higher than the Arias. Now, look, I think with a proper business case that I know is in your wheelhouse, Eric, and a five-year plan, and look, you having contributed pretty much nothing to the back end of this podcast for the past two years now, this is more of directive than a suggestion. So, but like, look, let's not railroad it, you know, this night with petty point scoring because we all know who wins that game. Tonight is the night to celebrate the plethora of great music that has come out over the past year, and it's the reason why we do this podcast. So... On that note, I will throw over to my partner in crime and for the last time this year, say hello with much love to my buddy, Arik Bloom. Arik, welcome. Thank you, Warren. It's good to be back. Warren. It's always, it's always nice. Um, yeah, that's right. We're going there. You know, it's always it's always nice to, you know, it's, it's a good barometer to see uh, just how things are going with your intros. Um, so, cl- so clearly uh, we're on good terms tonight, which is a good start. Um, album What's- of the year. Who yes. thought we'd be doing this second year in a row? It is – I definitely didn't plan on it. Um, what did you think we'd get to? How many episodes? I, re- I thought this would definitely be like a lockdown. Like this was a lockdown one project, you know. So yeah. I, I thought once we'd both kind of eaten through our sourdough, then that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. um, and and, and I, like – but I also kind of acknowledge that like just how incredibly kind of deflating it would have been to have only done a few episodes. And I think – as you know, knowing yourself as one of you know the most stubborn and um, <laughs> determined people, and I do put myself in those in that similar category. Mm. It's really, I mean, it's really hard to know will this will this podcast ever end? It's, I, it's yeah. unlikely. It's unlikely. So, um, you know, we're, we we are thrilled to be you know in our second year, the terrible twos. I look forward to raising our bat to one hundred at some stage. Look, I know? think that's kind of the target we here. Do it on the MCG or something. I think it would be great. I'd love to actually live. Pod maybe from a commentary box. 
<laughs> Actually, that'd be great. Like what, we should um, we should maybe arrange that. Um, any commentary box, really. I mean, I'll, I'd go for like a B grade stadium. Maybe um, I don't know, Witten Oval. Maybe yeah, that Princess could be good. Yeah, or um, t- uh, Windy Hill. Maybe I'm sure they've got box uh, corporate boxes at Windy Hill. No, no, no. Um, look, that could be cool. Anyways, um, what's yeah. been happening, man? What's been happening? Um, look, I, it's been kind of like five to six episodes in a row where I'm con- t- talking to you about the garden, but uh, I'm still going. Please, <laughs> I'm still going. What happened and with the planter boxes? Yeah, oh, the planter boxes fell apart. I'm saying rebuild. that. With- no interest. We had to rebuild the planter boxes and then just today I had to go to Bunnings and get eight bags of garden soil, put that into the boxes and uh, weed everything. So anyways, I'm in, I've got my green thumb up. Um, what else is going on? Um, oh, some cool stuff has been happening. Got to hang out with the, um, the MSO, which uh, also uh, one of our um, special guests will, uh, was there, which is pretty nice. Um, so that was a cool thing. Um Oh man, there's a lot going on. Yeah, um, I went to a, a show this uh, this Sunday called Body Electric. I'm not sure anyone heard of Body Electric. Yeah. Yep. So Body Electric is kind of like a, a, a rocker Stedford event for grown-ups, mm-hmm. whereby um, just like I guess hobby dancers get together, they rehearse all year, and then they sell out the forum. Um, so basically, I went to a sold-out show at the forum, and Body Electric sells out the forum every year, mm-hmm. thirteen years in a row. And uh, it was wild, great times. I got to see um, a really good interpretive dance of Meatloaf's I'll Do Anything for Love, which was kind of cool. <laughs> um, you lost me in the interpretive. Uh, I, got to, I got to hear um, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd on the forum PA system. Okay. And I, I think the I was, one, the, the Max... Um, yeah, it's a Max Martin. Max Martin. And one. I, think, yeah. I think I basically was... I, I had a friend next to me um, and I'd love to get one of our special guests' opinions on this, but I basically spent like the entire duration of that song going this this is the best mix this is the best mix of uh, of the last two years and then i just kind of started like uh you know going into the fact that four parts there's only four parts to this track and um and in fact as it turned out when i got my spotify for artists i'm uh, not spotify for artists the Spotify thing that you get at the end of the yeah, year you listen to it a bit that's that's the one that i listen to that i listen to one. that the most of all songs and and was that this year this al- that album no, but I listened to that, that song the most right. well, of all songs. That and Frank Ocean's um, uh, Blonde album. Okay. Which was kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you get your Spotify lists? Was yeah, it mainly your music that, that you listened to? Or? Uh, pretty much. Probably. <laughs> I couldn't work out how to do the link. And then like because I've got a family oh, – sorry, because I've got a family shared account, um, it gets confusing between who's listened to what. And so, you know, I listened to uh, – a lot of uh, Kid Leroy, apparently. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Which, um, which I didn't at all. I don't even. I don't think I've listened to one of his songs ever. Um, I'm. Um, I'm. I. I want to just kind of park some of these talking points because I'd be really curious to hear from our special guests what yeah, yeah. Uh, what songs were on their hit list. But yeah. I. I can say quite proudly that the podcast I listened to the most this year was the All Music Is Good podcast, <laughs> which was a good thing. Yeah, interesting. Did you? Um, I also got um, chill R and B. That was my main genre. Okay. Yeah. So that was um that 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 was interesting. But it is it is a funny little meme that that little Spotify tile that they put together. Yeah. Seems to do well on socials. Like oh, I don't it, know what it, it's about. It, it does, but then but it also like does the reverse on socials. And look, I look, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm I'm like uh, like the Spotify pylon. 
I like I like I feel like of course I want to do this Spotify. Yeah. Like let me just I'm gonna let you finish. One of our guests um, tonight has just been extolling the virtues of title, you know, before right. why you went out to get pizza. Right, right, right. Well, look, I mean, look, there's always a pile on on Spotify, um, our recommended podcast distributor, and um, one of them, yeah, one, one of them, and we love them. We love them. Well, so we much. do love them. Yeah. Um, no, but we don't love them. But it's just it, it is a funny thing that time of the year because you know. You, it's like one of those things that you don't want to kind of like. It's like, oh yeah, I know they're so bad, but I use it so much. Yeah, um, I'm getting I'm getting the stink eye from one of our guests. So I'm looking forward to uh, opening this one yeah. up. Um, anything else? No, that's about it. It's uh, you know that time of the year, Christmas cheer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I just say that I like I got super obsessed with the um, Get Back Beatles doc. Oh my god, how many episodes in are you? I've I've watched it for the second time. Like <sighs> it is just like it's blown my brain. Okay, we need it. We, like there are so many talking points here. Let's get down to business because I want to bring in all the guests for all of the things well, that we've just raised. Well, we should we should thank some of our guests for the year first, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, look, it has been a an, an illustrious year of guests, and um, you know, like you know, jokes aside. This podcast um, wouldn't be what it is um, without the incredible expert opinions. It would of, only be like ninety five percent of what it is. I think. Well, it would, yeah, it would be about ninety five, and it would, it would, but it would probably go the same length. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, look, it, I mean, you know, like just by way of background, and again, we're gonna we're gonna just get off talking about ourselves, like you know, like we've got about another forty five minutes of ourselves uh, yeah. to talk about. But um, look, in essence, this was started. Uh, you know, during lockdown, um, it was a it was a thing whereby you know me and was at at the beginning thought that you know there might be an audience of people that just want to hear from us, and we soon found out that that was not the case. Mm. And we uh, we expanded the roster to bring in our friends and people that we dearly respect um, who are doing amazing things in the music business. So alas, maybe we're just going to roll through them. Um, well, well, our twenty twenty one guests, our twenty twenty one guests. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool when you kind of look at this list. So we're going to run through, you know, early year, early in the year, we had Andrew Fuller come in, um, uh, you know, legal expert and, you know, ex- just a, a, man, a, a man with so much experience in, uh, in, in the Melbourne music he, community. He knew a lot about Richie Sambora as well because he, he gets the Instagram like of the week like that. Like it was a bit scary. Actually. And that is, a, that is a skill in like, I mean, that's a skill that people go to, you know, um, do like postdoctoral studies on and – he was able to just, you know, just graduate the Richie Sambora School of Poor Muscle Tone like early. Yeah, right. um, Andrew Fuller, great guest. We love you, Andrew. Next up was Jules Pascoe, the man who's got like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, Matt, you can probably attest to this, but like everyone feels cool around Jules Pascoe. He's just got that, you know, that way of I, I'm missing him right now, actually. I You're missing say, him? Yeah. Well, you know, he was here watching the Beatles with me just a, oh. like less than a week ago. So, oh. Yeah, bless that guy. Um, and we, you know, I'm sure Melbourne looks forward to his um, r- uh, uh, above ground pool parties about to take place <laughs> in Preston. Um, Tamara Murphy, um, exceptional, exceptional so musician, funny. hilarious person. I believe also nominated for a few awards this year. Although when she, when her husband was using all the internet that oh, night, yeah, that was that actually a poor so fail. Good. Tamara, yeah. never let that happen again. If you ever want to come back on the <laughs> yep. podcast. Cool. Kumar Shom, um, we brought him back, um, and of course, just you know, 
just full uh, peak Kumar. Yeah, drawing links between uh, Coldplay and uh, Jay Satriani, was it? Yeah, Steve I, maybe. Uh, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, that, no, yeah, that's right. No, it's Satriani and Coldplay, which was which was wild. Mick Ma, who literally just won every single award at the most recent Music Victoria Awards. And I dare say, um, you know. Too popular for this podcast now, probably. Probably a little bit priced beyond. Not that they're saying anything about our guests tonight. They're all No, but d- Mick, Mick, might, <laughs> Mick might need a little bit more than pizza. Um, Kylie Oldest, Kylie Oldest, who we may we may get a visit from um, after post nine thirty after she finishes a gig with the MSO. Good to know where your priorities are, Kylie. Thank you, Matt Voigt, um, engineer extraordinaire, and uh, you know one of the one of one of the most just giving people to you know students, musicians alike. Ajale. Um, Came in late. Late is one of those kinds of um, those plays that gets elevated just before the finals and just crushes. That was kind of a jale. And uh, I believe he's got a new gig. He's hosting Triple J Tops this evening. Oh, is he? Um, so clearly a pathway. Um, Niasha. Um, I met Niasha the other night at the Music Big Awards. Did, so when all right. Did you guys finally hug it out? Uh, we had a hug and then we decided not to. Okay. You just moved, yep. Yeah. So, yep. Look, Niasha going to do big things next year. Look out for her new record. Um, Danny Faruja, of course, um, you know, the man with the golden hands and, you know, who – and the great ideas. He, look out for him in Silicon Valley in 2022. Lewis Moody, is he back? Do we know? Uh, if he's passed his PCR test and got on the plane, then he may be back. Okay, I'm getting some stink eyes on my left. Apparently, he may, <laughs> is he due for a gig? I believe so. <laughs> um, Ivan Choi Kachoyan, um, probably the loosest guest of the year, but also the producer of Tando's record, which might be one of the best local releases we have seen. And um, just an all-round legend. Chelsea Wilson, who's just come off the Women of Soul gig. Massive congrats to Chelsea Wilson. And, of course, our special guest host, and potential career threat for me, Liz Stringer, who is also playing with MSO tonight. Am I right? Way more popular than you. Way, way more popular, and has sold out you. like a hundred shows in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and she's Go touring Liz. with Midnight Oil as well. And touring with Midnight Oil, and she um, ran a marathon. And she ran a marathon. Oh, yeah, she ran a marathon. So right. I, I think you Smashing know what? It. I'm going to just put it up here tonight. I think the winner of Album of the Year gets the Liz Stringer Award. Yes. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Yes. The Liz. Yes. Yeah. All right. The there Liz. it is. The <laughs> annual Lizard. Yeah. The Annual Lizard. Perfect. Thank you. It's done. Um, so, look, without without any further delay, we're going to bring in our special guest host. I'm going to start to my left. The effervescent, wonderful, um, also has worked with MSO most recently and is just well, – how many – what, you're doing about 100 gigs a week Well, no, no, moment? she's not because the Jazz Festival finished last week, so she, I don't think she has a gig oh, yeah, for 12 I know months. she's out, so yeah. you're going to be yeah, back. Yeah, Jazz on. is over for it's the year, over. so I'm fucked. All right, so we'll see you back on stage next November. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Audrey Pound, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And to my right, um, you know, like we do like our footy references and I would say was it's a bit – on the couch talking footy over here. <laughs> yeah. He's our resident Mike Sheehan. I don't know if Mike would wear shorts and a T-shirt. Mike would wear set. shorts in the, in the summer. We, they just never host yeah. talking footy in the summer. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Matt Redlick, welcome back. There you go. We've spoken enough. Over to you guys. What's going on? We might start with you, Audrey. Did you watch um, the Beatles? Did you watch the Beatles? I haven't watched it yet. Oh. That's why I was giving you the eye of like, please don't spoil it for me. It's oh. going to be my treat, like, 
Uh, tonight, they, they break up. Hey, sorry. I'm gonna keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, <laughs> little, two of them little, die. little spoiler <laughs> over no, no, here. No, but the treat for me is gonna be like checking out George's fashion. Like that's my era oh for my the Beatles. Oh no, fashion. She's so yeah. Good. It's not George. That's, it's Glenn Johns. Like what a rock star. Oh, oh Glenn Johns, the engineer. Oh my god. Nah, he should be. He should have been in the band. I, 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 I rock star didn't get down with him. I was like. You, he was so you, nice. He was telling them not to sign with Alan Klein. What like, you, you don't do, no, just hold on, you're spoiling. But what you Sorry. don't do is if you're the engineer, you don't rock into a session dressed more flamboyantly uh, than yeah, the band. Surely, it, Matt. I mean, <laughs> what do you... Like, he, I think he, he was trying to roll with the, like, you know, he was aware of the of the pond that he was swimming in. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, you know... When the cameras are on. trying to hit at that, that level. Yeah. And I think he was notoriously a, a, bit, a bit egotistical as well, but... Okay. How can you not be if you're producing like Led Zeppelin and you're producing yeah. the an Beatles? egotistical yeah, music true. producer? Yeah. Well, he had to never. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, he... a little bit anyway. Like, I guess you're right because he did say, "Well, Glenn has to finish on Tuesday because he's going to LA to do the Stones." Yeah, he's got to leave on Thursday. It's like you, yeah. you're recording the Beatles uh, right now, but yeah. you've got to leave on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, no, I'm cancelling. <laughs> I might, I might try pull that one myself. And, oh. You know, <laughs> got to, got to leave on Thursday. I've got a wedding gig. <laughs> How good was it? It was just... Oh, man. You know, was, I sorry, mean, the Audrey. fashion... Go ahead, like, it was uh, just mind-bendingly incredible, wasn't it? We could do a whole podcast on that, but we definitely won't. Yeah. Audrey, just, maybe know, maybe after you've seen it, it, we should it's come back. Do you have my, plans like, to see it? I'm going to... De- I've, like, literally signed up to Disney Plus okay, yeah, just go. to watch that. 11.95. And it's going to be well my... Spent. Yeah, it's going to be my treat for, like, the next few days now, now that my gigs for the year are over. Yeah, yeah. But when I say treat, like, I mean... I'm obviously interested in the story, but also for me, that's the era where like Paul was the hottest and George was the hottest. So I'm just really ready to perv on both of them. Oh, they the look two great. hottest Beatles. How good does Paul, Paul come out of it? How good does yeah. he come out of it? I'm only in episode one. I want to get your take, Matt. I mean, what did you think about like? Yeah, just 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 go. Just I'm wondering what I can say. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some some. It's it's not Reddit Reddit gossip. It's uh, I think it's a fact, but. John was on heroin the whole time, apparently. Was he though? Yeah. I don't he agree with really, that. Because, he, like, really that's high. he was he wearing high. his T-shirt. Like, I've heard this as well. And I was looking at him with he his green sweaty. T-shirt on. And if you're, like, wearing a green T-shirt, like, you wouldn't be wearing... Like, if you're shooting up yeah. in the arms... He kept, he kept it pretty together. Yeah, to, I don't know about that. much as heroin. But he was... He was, he was I pretty, don't know. He was one of the looser ones. He was low I mean, like, yeah. Macca was, like, driving the whole thing, 100%. Yeah. And, like... What a hero. You know... George was like just still dealing with he was the, the fact of being of issues. the you know the younger brother sort of coming yeah. up and yeah. Ringo was just yeah. like chilling and trying to not get in the way of anything mm. and uh, but but you know most of it came from from Paul really I reckon yeah. like most of the drive and the and the kind of like let's just write get back while we're waiting for John to show up in five minutes yeah, okay yeah. cool yeah, yeah wasn't that amazing. one of the Jum-tum-tum-tum most Jum-tum-tum-tum-tum. amazing Jum-tum-tum-tum. moments you've ever seen like uh, you know the thing amazing thing I thought about that was that like like. You know, I'm sure you know. We've all seen musicians kind of like land on a land on a moment. But what I thought was really interesting about when he landed on that was that like he was miles away from that yeah. moment, three seconds before he landed yeah, on yeah, that yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then a minute twenty eight in, he's singing the hook in the chorus. Yeah, it's just like you've gone from that. It's to like that. every every bar or two bars, he would like a new kind of like feature of the sculpture would 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 come into the picture. It was like just it was like it was like he was rolling. A ball of clay in his hands, and suddenly you recognise the nose of the, and then suddenly the, it's the eyes of the person that you, you know, it was just something to, yeah. the The first thing that I noticed actually was the feel of it. Mm. Um, well, the came from him very differently though, didn't it? Like, but no, no, because he was, no, it was it strumming on the bass, but it, yeah. like it, like the 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 
what I would have thought would be like Ringo's contribution, not to <laughs> not to minimize, you know, he's amazing too, but like the feel of the whole thing came from like Paul's right hand on the mm. on the bass, like playing chords on the bass. It was like supernatural, you know. Well, then if you go through and watch the McCartney and Rick Rubin, if you sign up to Disney Plus, which you have, there's a six-part oh, series. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they're basically soloing like lots of McCartney bass lines. It's like, oh, you're really? a genius. He's, he he yeah. is a genius. He is. I mean, he's, all, he's all the swing <laughs> in the Beatles. And he, would, like, he drives those songs. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, and you see, yeah. and, and Rick Rubin actually makes a point at one stage of like just dropping out the bass and it sounds straight, really straight, and then they drop the bass and it's like oh. it just drives the songs and lyrically drives the songs. It's like it's incredible. But then um, in the doc, you got the love that John and Paul, I mean John and Paul had for each other. It was so beautiful. It was yep. beautiful. How beautiful was it? And George, I mean, I think Paul loved George as well. Like yeah, that's, as a little kid brother. Yeah. And you could see the, you know, the the issues, and they were aware of the issues. It was just, it was yeah, amazing. they're aware of them. But it's like you can't fix the thing. No, you, you can't can never fix, fix the car that. while you're driving down the road. You know, yeah. you got to pull over and yeah, get yeah. out and take it apart. And they would, they were going at full speed. They, they were recording, a, writing, and recording a whole album in a, in January. Yeah, I know. And but well, and, and like having just. What did it say? At one point, it was like the Beatles have not released a single for five months. Yeah, that's right. Oh you know, my like, god, they, they, what's happening? It's it like was bizarre. The, the amount of productivity. And then, and then, like you guys haven't seen it yet, and then Billy Preston comes oh. in. It's just like, oh, oh, oh my god, about that. Like, oh my god, it's so incredible. We could talk about anyway. This sorry, all night, we're not here but, to talk um, about that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get your take, Audrey. I saw you. I saw your um, your uh, your not so impressed look. Read the Spotify um play uh. Playlists oh, of the, the year Spotify of thing. I really hate that thing of people posting how much they've been listened to. I just think it's lame. Oh, as and in musicians I, posting how much yeah. they've been yeah, listened to. Yeah, because I think it's like Spotify is taking advantage of all of us and their shit and fuck them. And then <laughs> we're also like we shouldn't be sucked in by this thing of like, but look, 10 million people listen to me. So here yeah. I'll post it because we're like – we're well, promoting 10 million is literally four hundred dollars. I think. Yeah. I know, and we're promoting their brand. Like mm. we're promoting their brand, and they're just manipulating Agreed. us. So that's why I hate it. I but hate you. title is better. But also, you know, things things will change. Spotify will change. I hope so. Um, well, it has to. But I also think it's just like bore. It's like boring when people post that stuff of like, look how popular I am. Yeah, yeah. Popular stuff sucks. No. <laughs> and that's why and that's why we've got you here because you keep us honest. <laughs> but do you think it's you keep the bastards honest? It's a bit like like you you're pretty starved in music or in, in art in general for like a quantifiable measure of how you're going. And so musicians I, I are sort of like if they can put a number on it, they're like they just really want to do that just to have like a moment of like at least a million people listen to yeah. or at least at least a hundred thousand or whatever it was. And you can say that's more than last. True. But and I think that's what sucks you in. But I also think there's this thing where like you think that p- more people will listen to your music if you can prove that it's already popular, which is basically how the whole industry works around in a circle. You know, True, if yeah. you can get reviewed by Pitchfork, then you can prove that you're worth listening to. It's like that all that stuff, it gets a bit gross. But the thing about those particular Spotify, the way they send it to you as an artist as a thing ready to post on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. It's like they're actually yeah, totally – they're making us promote their platform. Yeah, it's free And they've actually made it like – They should pay us for as, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. yeah. But they don't yeah. even 0.04%. need to. They've made us their hoes. H-E-A-U-X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little uh, – what do the they call precursor. it? Precursor. 
what do they call Easter egg for the future? Right. Um, All right. Yeah, but like, uh, she only, she it's only so tempting. Pizza. It's so tempting. I checked out my stuff and it's really tempting to like, it's so tempting as an artist to like just focus on Spotify, but I think it's so bad. Do you think it's increased during the pandemic, given it's been hard to find an audience to be validated? Like, you know, totally. I mean, you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think if you pay, if you played to, a room that could only hold 50 people and, and 50 people showed up and it was sold out and absolutely rocking, you'd go home with that same level of like, I guess, self-esteem boost potentially. But with no live audience, the only metric, like you say, Matt, is like how many people listen. Yeah, it could be, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a thing. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was hard for artists but i also think spotify like likes to sell this idea of like it's for i think those things lean into this thing of like look at what we've done for artists it's like you didn't do shit for yeah, artists. That's, you yeah. especially bullshit, didn't do it? shit for independent artists no. yeah and your playlists yeah. are a load of bullshit and they're moving to make to, to make like smaller artists actually pay to get on playlists now which exactly. is exactly right. uh, it's, it's already a thing you, it's already a thing you have to like you know before it's like submit your track uh, and our our um you know reviewers or whatever will like see if it fits into a playlist. Yep. Now it's like if you don't make the cut, you can just pay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, no. Is that no, through the Spotify for artists platform? But, but yeah. also that, that'll like, be a reverse loan. I and it's gonna it's stage. not gonna get less. I'll t- you know it's only no, gonna increase. And I the Spotify playlist, it's it's everything. It's the new like dare I say. Yeah, but it is, but it's not. I mean, like. It, you know, without, it, without, exactly. without, without, but it is if we all post our squares and makes let Spotify be the barometer, mm. then we're all fucked. What, do, 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 can I just go back to that because yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. actually scary. Because what they will it's do terrifying. at some stage is they will say you can take the um you can do this and we'll take the money back off you. Yeah, we'll pay you back in the back end mm. from your profits, and then you'll go into debt. Yeah, against them. That's, that's what we'll do. Well, is yeah. in what you 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 front up the cash to get on the playlist? No, no, they'll take it It'll out cost of your you a million streams. Your, yeah, that's right. So, things like that, and then, and then you have to pay that. You might you get a million. It. You might get a million. It'll be wow. like an advance. Oh, so it's just like a, sh- a loan shark. Yeah, basically, yes. Interesting. Look, I mean, without I mean, there's with, already people in like there's already middlemen that like are offering like pluggers. if you pay them a thousand dollars, they'll yeah. pitch you to a Spotify playlist. Like that's already happened, mm. but that. You know that was already happening with radio. That's always existed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it's it's it's, 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 a, it's an interesting space. I mean, I just that's not like, what tonight's I'm, about, though. Yeah, tonight's <laughs> not tonight is that's what not what tonight is about. Tonight tonight is about how high the All Music Is Good podcast can go <laughs> on Spotify. That's yeah. what tonight's about. <laughs> like like so what so like I mean, there's obviously been some great albums this year. Like you know, obviously we've got we're going to get into four or five albums in a second. Like, is there anything else that you guys have been listening to this year that you've loved that? You know, possibly hasn't come across our level. You did a pretty good job of like picking my favorite albums, but of course, there's a whole bunch of jazz records yeah. that I listened to that yeah. I loved. Special, mention. but I've already made the mistake top, of top, like bringing. Top two. <laughs> uh, there was a Terence Blanchard album that was like a tribute to Wayne Shorter that I thought was incredible, okay. and it's nominated for a Grammy, so that's cool. I also think Jacob Collier is great. Oh, <laughs> did you have a new album out this year, Jacob Collier? Was that this year or was that last year? I think it was last year. I guess year. we didn't review it's the Drake It's all kind of melded. That's jazz, one. isn't it? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's uh, – I, mm. I, I I would shout out a local record by Izzy. Mm-hmm. Is that Ooh, this year Hope or Street last year? Izzy, yeah. 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 Um, I thought that was an incredible record and exciting that they're so young and from Melbourne and yeah. Yeah. 
What about um, you, Matt? Yeah. Any, any, any um, standout records that we've missed? No. Albums. Oh, One that God. he worked on, um, Quivers, I noticed, was in the oh. top 25 in the Double J thing the other oh, day. Yeah. I saw it. Maybe yeah, even it's, less, it's maybe It's got a 15. little bit of good, you know, we, praise from like the industry and various people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you did suggest that when, yeah. we, when, we, when we saw you last time? Yeah, uh, he yeah, did suggest we review it, it, and then we didn't review it. Right, sorry. I thought it was a bit out of the out of the thing, but out of the mix. But you know, yeah, it's a good record. Yeah. Um. Uh, but what else? Uh, the uh, the lump album, uh, which is Laura Marling and oh, and yeah. a guy, and I can't remember who he is, but it's like Laura Marling doing electronic sort of stuff, and it just sounds for one thing, it just sounds amazing. Like it's some of the best mixes I've ever heard, probably in my life. Um. But English, yeah, English? That, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, like a generally English English kind of project. Cool. Um, what else? I've been listening to this Aiden Knight song a lot lately called Rolodex. He's like a Canadian artist in the kind of uh, Andy Shaw f- sort of scene, you know, that kind of thing. Um, actually, an album that uh, I don't think it's come out yet, but Ru- the Ruby Jones album, I mastered it. So oh, heard. yeah, no, I think it came out. Has it come out? And Jules oh, mixed it. And Jules mixed it, yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've That's actually like one of on the, the radio. It sounds awesome. Biggest awesome surprises. Yeah, right. it's that's, really, really that's, cool. Well, that's, that's great news. He he worked his ass off on that. Yeah, well, it sounds like it, yeah. That's great. I did think of one extra one. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, well, firstly, the Liz Stringer album is also awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Lizza. Yep. That was a great al- Australian album. <laughs> the Lizzo, which, uh, which is what tonight's all about. An album that flew un- totally under the radar, Common, the rapper, he made a really great album and it just didn't seem to get traction yep. in the thing, but it's it's really cool. Hey, Audrey, did you see on socials the other day that Common and our mate um, Omar did a show together in Ronnie Scott's? I didn't see it on socials, but I remember you telling oh, me. Did I? Oh, so cool. Um, yeah. Look, a couple of albums that did it for me. It's quite funny because I go back to um, the episode that you came on, Matt. One of my favorite albums for the year was uh, Mass Size with the Shifts. Oh, yeah. You, you, the you thought it was so wonky that it was off time, like it was off grid <laughs> or something. Yeah. You hated that. Like um, The one out of ten. Yeah. What I, <laughs> did you give it a one out of ten? No, I gave it five. I, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I had a quick listen to it today. Yeah, I'm awesome. like, yeah, it is good. Like, all right, like that Genesis Awusu album was great awesome. Record. Oh, true. And, and, and like, That's a great you know, record. Yeah. That was killer. Well, that Absolutely one all the is, so I guess oh, the Ari is occasionally. Okay. Well, he won, uh, yeah, album of the year, right? Did he really? He, he, he swept, like, well, he didn't win everything, but he, he was like the yeah, artist of the Aries. He was, yeah, it was his Aria award. Yeah. Yeah. No way, that's amazing. Okay, yeah, it was really, that. really good. Um, the other ones for me were like the Slater Kinney album, I thought was really good. Oh, yeah. I like that album a that's lot. Um, Megan the Stallion, which we reviewed last week, I really like that. Like um, what about the Arlo Parks. Oh, I mean, dude, I've got that. And Arlo mm-hmm. Parks, you didn't like that one either. Remember, Jay Electronica was pretty good. <laughs> no, that was. I uh, know like... Jay Electronica was last year. Um, Imogene oh, Thackeray, love that album. Imogene. Um, Tyler the Creator, um, his album Louis Baker. Well, you know what? One one that we didn't did we review the Putbacks record? No, that was last year. The second one. No, the crossover, the new one. No, the new one. No, we didn't do the new one. Which also should probably get a special mention. Like the St. Vincent album, that was really good. Really good. Cardi Tatum album this year was really good. Ale Parks, yeah. What about um Yebba? I didn't like that one so I much. I love that album. I thought you it was know, a bit hit and miss. I love her. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But 40 I points, Ferris Sanders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you love that. That's, uh, <laughs> the only reason that didn't get into the um, album of the year is because I gave it a six, I think. And you, you did you do that one with us? No, I didn't. No, but we've Lewis. talked about it because I. The band. 
have feelings about that album. And, and, <laughs> and the band that you discovered at the Prince of Wales London Grammar? Oh, is that, was that, that, that was special That was last year, Dick. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? I'm yeah. in May right now. No, no um, Alice Wolf. Wolf Alice was the one Wolf you were Alice. Of. Yeah, yeah, Alice Phoebe Lou also knockout. Yeah, yeah. Men's Street Band, massive disappointment. But, you yeah, know, they can Ooh. never do wrong in my ha- in my eyes. It was a, it was a, to be honest, like, it was, you know, ooh, sorry, 2020. Um, so good albums this year. Yeah, but I think a lot of great records got made in 2020 and came out in 2021. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and definitely album albums, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel like, yeah, like it didn't feel like candy. It felt like everyone went introspective in, last year and that we got some really good results in 2021 when they all came out. I was really surprised because when I went back through the list today to have a look, I'm like, oh shit, there's actually a lot of albums that I really, really liked this year that just, Know, for one reason or another, didn't get into the the top five tonight. But um, look, Arik, I think we should just um quickly say some thanks for the year while we're on. And um, look, I think like while this podcast on the surface might seem to be a well-oiled machine, we both know that's anything but. And um, you know the analogy the analogy of duck on water with legs kicking madly underneath comes to mind. So I'd just like to shout out a few names that go into making this podcast. So like on a tech front, I'd just like to. Say a heartfelt thanks to Shaw for the SM7B. Oh, yeah, the Shaw SM7B. I thought you were going to shout yourself out, was. I'd like to say, like, very a big thank you to Rode Desk Mic Stands. Yep. Um, yep. I want to say thank Fishing. you to Logic version 10.7.2, which, like, everything. Fishing for an endorsement, <laughs> yep, are let's we? Let's go, let's go, let's get. <laughs> Audrey, let's I wouldn't ran, say that. Others may say that. Let's these guys up me. to the, uh, the, pod, the official podcast sponsor. Hashtag, I'd like to also say um, a big thank you to um, uh, Squadcast, who've done a lot for us this year. Uh, with our uh, with our uh, online recordings, um, um, Cameroonian barbecue. What was that place called? Oh yeah, Vola Foods. Vola Foods yeah, yeah. in uh, in yep, Brunswick. Go check it out. Um, I'd, I'd like to say a big shout out to um, old futon mattresses that act as geo insulation. Oh yeah, you've done good with that. Um, obviously YouTube and YouTube um, uh, like a YouTube to MP3 ripper, which like contribute all the music yep. to this podcast. <laughs> what about Wikipedia? <laughs> Wikipedia and allmusic.com. <laughs> Um, look, I'd, I'd really also like personally say a big um, thanks to like um, a multitude of beverage companies that contribute to my hydration on this podcast. St. Hallett's Shiraz, Kangarilla, Kayar Shiraz, like a Knox single malt whiskey, um, Dilmar tea bags, help me through many hours of taping. But on the negative side, I'd like to say a thanks but no thanks to headphone adapters. Yes. That I've lost <laughs> a thing. in the making of this podcast. And I'd like to say them. a big thanks to all the headphone adapters I've gained. Oh, I should say uh, thanks to Sennheiser H5 uh, headphones as well. And like a big thumbs down also to Officeworks Thunderbolt cables, of which I went through three of this year. So come on, guys, get better look, at that. We'll cover this off in once we get down. Look, these are these are these are nice thank yous, was, and I think gratitude is a really great thing to do around this time of year during Christmas. We really get a chance to thank. The people we love as we dine together, but we're gonna. I don't want. I don't want all this this love in to take away from the uh, unofficial podcast sponsor segment. So I'm gonna just flip over. No, we'll get to that after when we get to the first album. I reckon. Like, why don't we just say thanks to the the Instagram like of the week? Maybe we should well, go through a couple. Well, of- this is a, we're gonna play a little game here, guys. Um, basically, we've had some really good inductees into the Instagram like of the week uh, uh, Hall of Fame, I guess. And um, I'll, I mean, I'll just rip through them. But what would be really great is perhaps, Audrey, um, if you just want to land on the Instagram like of the year. And you know what? You can just like fish in the barrel. You know what I mean? You can just open that phone, just see which gram account you did. And that's the kind of 
liberty and license we give our special guests. You're about to make that decision. So kind is of, this with like no criteria. Well, do an Instagram account that likes oh, I'm you? I'm about to. I'm about to. So the Instagram uh, likes of the, of the year is... Um, and in fact, what, what I'll do, Audrey, is I'll give you my phone so you can... Just See who through. likes you. No, no, it's, it's the people that we like. So, oh, okay. So the um, the Instagram likes of the year nominees are Steven Seagal. Well, these are the people that we, we selected this year to that's to, right to follow. Peter Russell Clark, mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Imran Khan, Jean Claude Van Damme, Phil Collins, Belinda Carlisle, which was a real smoky, Ooh. was on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Flea. Yep. Victoria Beckham. <gasps> ONJ, who's that? Olivia Newton John. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Olivia Newton John. Sorry. I'm not <laughs> down with the industry speak. Get out of Australia. Um, Taxin Shinawat, who thank you, Waza, for introducing me to this esteemed yeah. politician. Oh, well, no, uh, not esteemed, like really shonky politician. Shonky politician. For, Lars for, Ulrich. Yeah. Ulrich. I still don't know how to actually pronounce that. Um, and I look, I mean, that's, I, I'm just going to just go out there and say, I reckon that's where my vote goes. Not, oh, not that I've even no seen. Way. I just think it's going to be interesting kind of like Hollywood vibe. Okay. Um, Angela Merkel, no, of course. A- Angela Merkel. Angela Merkel. Yeah. Uh, Bind- Bindi Irwin, <laughs> yeah. Clive Palmer, Danny Minogue and Richie Sambora. There's we're a gonna, lot. There's a lot to unpack there. I just want to point out that we've picked three ex-prime ministers. Um Oh, no, Imran Khan is still Prime Minister of Pakistan. Imran Khan is a complex character these days oh, too. Oh, there's a like, lot to unpack with Imran. Like, he's really complex. He's, he's really complex getting cat. into it now, you know. He's, On both sides. He's real. He's, he's culturally. Better. He's a bit too culturally relevant, maybe. Re- really? <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey, I feel like none you... of us know enough about the politics to actually talk about it. Okay. So I'm getting the feeling that he's not the Instagram like <laughs> of the... I, you know, yeah. I really want to say Victoria Beckham just because I watched a Spice Girls documentary the other night and was I good? was like, it was really good. I forgot really? how much of a phenomenon they were in uh, so my mega. generation's lifetime. Yeah. And I forgot, like, I wasn't even a big Spice Girls girl, but I still remember everything. And I was more of a, you know, Team Jerry, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, I, I mean, I had no girl. choice but yeah. to be oh, Ginger Spice okay. as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I always wanted to be Posh Spice. Right. I always wanted to be Posh because I thought she was the hottest one. So based on that... Were there two irrelevant Victoria ones? Beckham. Because was, there it is. Was, was, was Sporty and Baby Spice irrelevant and it was all really bad. Kind no, no, Sporty was great. Scary but Sporty was cool. You know, she had that song with Brian Adams. Yeah, yeah and she also I, did that great song with, you know, I knew that we were just Oh, yeah. And she got full punk and played Glastonbury and was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Rx shouldn't be a part of that because he, as a, as Rx got a penchant for um, 45. Added ass tracksuit pants. So, oh, really? really Interesting. You probably need to sort of I, like I like, you know what I like? I like, I yeah, I'm just going to go out there and say, do not, no one did Sporty Spice. I think she was. Absolutely central. Okay, I feel the same way about Ginger. Yeah, as was Ginger, and I think we spoke about the fact that Ginger was the charisma. You know, what about you, Matt? Like, who was your favorite Spice Girls? Uh, Posh Spice at the time. Yeah, she's definitely like if you know if I if I was. If I was going to pick one to like kiss on the lips, it would be posh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh. She's and the hottest. Really? Why did I say that in such I a weird way? I don't think she is the hottest. And anyway. really? so yeah. she's so hot. Come on. There lies the strength of the Spice Girls. You know, we got different That's opinions right. about who's Lucky the hottest. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> and so like, appeal to different. Spice, like making Prince Charles uncomfortable is like some of the best things. So, like, have you seen that? Where I have they, seen like, that. Dared on her them. to kiss Prince Charles. 
And like Ooh. that's such a like no go yeah. thing to do in British culture. And she just goes right up to him and kisses him and puts her red lipstick on his cheek. Like it oh, was wow. such a thing. And it, you watch the footage though, and Prince Charles is just so uncomfortable Recoiling, around yeah. these five women, and you're like, Haha, well, there great. it is. Instagram like of the <laughs> Sorry, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria, Victoria Beckham. I mean, not that she needs any more sort of credit or kudos, but you know, whatever. I'm, I'm let's go with it. Victoria so that Beckham. is our Instagram like of the year. Thank you, Audrey. <laughs> and we're going to move on to our next segment. Was I? Uh, am I leading this? Was oh no, it, I am. Oh, no, I, I just thought, look, look. In the tradition, in the great tradition of like end of year, you know, reflections on on life or what what, what happens in TV generally. We have a we what do you do when you a do a best show. of a clip show? That's it, a clip show of the best of segments of the year. And like as as I alluded to in the start of the podcast, you know, Eric hasn't done a lot in the back end of this podcast this year. But he said to me last night, like, we should do a best of clip of the year. And I said, Look, that's great, you do it. And if you do it, let, well, we'll put it on. He said, fine, I will do it. And then at eight fifty eight this morning, I got an email in my my Gmail account with best of year clip um and so right at the death he's come good um i haven't played it yet so i'm about to drop it in to the edit and we'll have a listen and see what it's like so this is um your music is good best of year uh highlight highlight package season that was the season that was highlight package Levita, yeah. even even yeah. though Viva, to my to, to my mind, even though Viva Levita like ripped off Satriani, but that's okay. That's another story for another time and all that. But um, you know, um, I actually enjoyed parts of this album. There are things I um, I'll let me tell. I'll just, tell you what. I just want to flag t- that, just Kumar. I want to flag that you, you know where you just led with. The let's not talk about Coldplay ripping off Satriani sounds like a dark, like a deep dark hole in an 8chan group. You know, those relationships helped uh, us sort of put them forward with with Hope Street. Yeah. So Tom and I were there when they recorded their first 45, the Dap and Pepper Snake. You know, oh, just wow. literally next door. Like, what else would two dollars fifty buy you in 1961? Well, probably a house. And I'm just. Like, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> A house? Well, definitely, yeah. A house in in um, in one of in Geelong. A house in Geelong. <laughs> How much was a uh, like a uh, like a? It's not what we're I'm saying. I'm from at the all country, that. and I'm from I'm, I'm from a shit suburb. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Glenmore. I'm from a, I'm from an outer suburban area. Yeah. So that means that like you're making me feel like bad about myself now. You guys are giving me issues. I'm gonna have to go and pay for a Southside yeah. freaking like. Oh, well, what's your psychologist? No, she, she's right. She's right. Was that? Let's make. Does this mean that? What make, is on one you know what? A? Let's What's make on one two hundred? Let's make page two hundred fifty-six F seven. I don't want to. Top. Yes, of the I don't want to go to the CBD because it's full of germs. That's right. So two fifty-six. You have like to go over three pages to get there. Like if yeah. you have, it's out. You're going to rural. It's, it's out like, like somewhere shit like no, Glenroy. This, this is outrageous. <laughs> So you're saying that, that being regional is is lower? Oh, Kylie. I'm no, so offended. No, no, that, no. <laughs> no. <Come on> Jack <laughs> Nicholson. <laughs> and he's like, you cannot what? get that. I know. So, so now they're still friends because Jack Nicholson's like, my God, imagine he would have gone, look at him, look, look, look at this guy. He doesn't even, still doesn't even know. No, that is nothing, incredible. nothing. <laughs> What was going on <laughs> with you that day? What was that? You've got to give some context. Like, where were you driving from? Are I, you are you okay? We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't give it. Don't give your position away too early, Jules. Is we're going to shout out our unofficial All Music Is Good podcast sponsor for the week, and 
<coughs> the unofficial sponsor of this week's episode is Pavarotti and Friends Benefit Concerts <laughs> between 1992 <laughs> and 2003. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes. Why are you watching this for? Seriously. So, for the... Um, more realistic. <laughs> chemtrails over Coolaroo, bit more bogan. Um, but um, what about chemtrails over Carlton? There's so um, many. Yeah, there is. That's Chem- the ideas guy. <laughs> manufactured sort of thing, and make it sound exactly like this. And that's what it just sounded like. That that would be a great name for like a, a, a you know a chain, a plug, like a plug-in like chain, like the Lana Del Rey. Yeah, totally. Just run it through the Lana Del Rey. Just, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh, it's good, the Lana Del Rey. It's I the like Lana it. Del Rey. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. Sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, that's, that's that, that two is amazing. Ideas he's had tonight. Yeah, Danny's just like drums in California. Next minute, like <laughs> we're going to yeah. be calling Danny when he's living in Silicon Valley. It's just you know microdosing. <laughs> give me your name. Give me your name. <laughs> microdosing and just coming up with ideas. You know, Burning Man. Danny was a. Did you guys see that footage of Danny flying in the private jet of Burning Man? He's just fucking there for a sound check. There would always be someone cutting lemons yes, and limes at the That's back, true. at, the, at back. the back, like yeah, pre-cutting yeah, yeah. for right for near the Coronas, the like that. You know, stick yeah, yeah, the lime. The in yeah, yeah. Right near the thing. bottle smasher. Right near the bottle smasher. So, he uh, he did mention his record was coming out, and we're thrilled that he managed to include us in his um, press junket because. <laughs> Things are things will be really busy for you, I'd imagine. You know, with all of the interviews and whatnot. This is a, <laughs> you know, thank you for this. Now I can tick press junket off the list. <laughs> tick Oakley press junket Monday night. Done. <laughs> so is it telling? Come on. But I want to say on. for the record that, I mean, where do you start? I think this is possibly like one of the records of a decade for me. Like it's so, it's such a spectacular, spectacular piece of work. I say, go, the, go, go. The point here that it's possibly the most baller move of all time to hire the London Symphony Orchestra and wait six movements to use them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> where, where they just did a little bit of a build up. I mean, and I'm like, okay, cool. That's just like a, like a rich guy just celebrating all of his money. That was kind of like. <laughs> You know what he I mean? He's like, fucking rich. Uh, isn't you know he? what I mean? It's like, like what's, the guitar- what's the drummer's name? Taylor. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Oh, I used also to think rich. he was so hot. He's pretty hot. It's an age thing for women, I think. When you're like in your teens, those like blonde, surfy-looking guys, you're like, ooh, so hot. And then when you're like me, thirty, you're just man's. like, don't come near me. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Get yeah, a job. Yeah, get a job. <laughs> put some put some shoes on. Put he's, some fucking shoes on. He's starting to look shower. a bit more like Iggy Pop as well. Yeah. I think I think in like the long game of things is gonna work in his favour. You reckon that? 100%. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um I mean you don't want you know, we've talked about the Richie Sambora like like shitty muscle mm. tone situation. I can't remember what he said, but it was something like... Fuck off, yeah. I was talking to Fuck someone. Off, no, you yeah, can't. that's what you expect. So that was the season yeah, that, that was. Um, thank you, Was. I mean, there were some highlights there. There were some good highlights. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, Was did mention that um, we did miss some guests because I had a little kind of episode um, sort of early 2021 where I refused to do Instagram stories. Oh, that's right. Um, I, think it was, I don't think it was early. I think it was like uh, you stopped doing them for about... Uh, 12 episodes. About 12, 12 episodes, but then I brought, brought it back at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anyone, start, you know, just start strong, yeah. finish strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we've, uh, it's been a lovely, lovely time reflecting on the year, but maybe we'll get down to some music now. So, so what, yeah. what, uh, what, 
Like what, what we'd planned to do was we, we, we picked four albums, didn't we? Like four albums, we'd yep. send them out to our guests, but basically two based weeks ago. Based on the ago, score. Based on the, based on the store, the best scores. score. And look, that was a lot of effort. That took me about three hours to go through and work out all the rating systems for the year <laughs> and sort of come up with a, with a score that actually equivalent <laughs> to 10. Um, but two weeks ago, there was an album that came out and both you and I were listening to it. I know one of our guests has listened to it as well and it sort of went out there that can we – and we were supposed to have an episode in between our last one and this That's one correct. where we were going to review it. But we thought, wow, this is actually pretty cool, this album. Like so we're going to we've, – we've brought in a wild card yeah. album for tonight. So we're going to review it quickly um, and see whether, you know, it might go into our – I, I think I, I think 2021 would not be a, a, a year in music without changing the rules. With, without talking about this new record, which is by Silk Sonic, uh, the collaboration between One, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Who y'all came to see tonight? Who gonna get the ladies feeling something? Oh, we gonna like this groove in tight. Yeah, uh, we we'll like it in there. Don't have us like this groove down for nothing. Album of this episode that has snuck in as a late, a late charge to the finish line is an evening with Silk Silks, an evening with Silk Sonic, by the American group Silk Sonic. In 2017, Anderson Pack was opening act for Bruno Mars on the European leg of the 24 Carat Magic World Tour. In April, Mars and Pack worked together at Abbey Road Studios in London with Nile Rogers and Guy Lawrence. For Schick's album, It's About Time. I didn't know that. And worked on music while on tour that appeared on Pac's album, Ventura. The duo was formed in 2017 by Mars and Pac as a joke the two friends hatched on the road. On February 26, 2021, Mars announced that he and Pac had formed a band saying Silk Sonic locked in and made an album. In a press release, they said Boots Collins named the band after he heard the album. Um, Leave the Door Open, the band's debut single, was released on March 5, along with the intro song, Hosted by Collins. The band made its television debut at the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards, performing single alongside a tribute to Little Richard, consisting of Long Tall Sally and Good Golly Miss Molly. Leave the Door Open was performed again at the 2021 iHeart Radio Awards with a similar aesthetic, blah, blah, blah. And they played, ju- it, they played it at the Grammys too. And that version did. is better, I reckon. I agree. Vocally. How good is it? But that I, version, if that was a single, would be a hit single. It's that, got heaps of stuff. Yeah, it's got oh, way it's so more. Good. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So on July 28th, Mars announced that Silk Sonic would host a summertime jam. Two days later, the event turned out to mark the release of another single, Skate, which was released on July 30 alongside an accompanying video, which I might add... Well, let's let's get but right, we possibly had the best lyric in I the look, whole album where it says I, I this, love the smell of your this. no no I love the smell of your perfume it smells better than a barbecue oh that is nice yeah well, it's just, well they clearly don't have a weather barbecue 
<laughs> I just got a Weber for my 40th. Oh, Weber Q? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, on October did you, 8th. Did you get the family Q, Aaron? I, I haven't yeah. even opened the oh. box. Um, on October 8th, that's because I was rushing here to the podcast, was. Didn't want to, didn't want to be late. On October 8th, Mars's. 36th birthday. Oh, my God, you're only 36 years old. No, he's not. He's not uh, older than 36. Yeah, agreed. That's not true, is That's it? That's his stage age. I agree. The band announced that the album release had been pushed ahead to November 12. On November 1, Silk Sonic announced that its third single, Smoking Out the Window, would release on the 5th, the week before the album's launch. On November 12, an evening with Silk Sonic was released. On November 21, Smoking Out the Window was performed as the opening act of the American Music Awards where the duo also won favourite song, R&B, and I'm, that's what I'm going to watch when I get home because I haven't seen that live performance yet. So, this record, I mean, where to, where to start? Maybe, might start with you, Matt. What did you think? Yeah, my first impression of this one was actually it was sitting out here on a, like, last Saturday afternoon when it was hot. You know, smoking a out few, the window, were you? A few drinks, smoking out the window. Yeah. And not listening too hard, and it was it was a good first impression. It was like the playing is amazing. It's like it sounded great coming out of the Bluetooth speaker, you know. Yeah, right. Sonically, like the mix was was amazing. The vibe was appropriate for the for the time. Was it sunny when you? Were it was sunny and hot, and you know it was still you know, like late Melbourne evenings. You know, we entertaining guests. Just Sarah. Okay. So I don't think it was entertaining her. I think it was just... Uh, <laughs> Not entertaining her. <laughs> I don't know. She wasn't swooning Probably over Bruno much. and Anderson? No? <laughs> I think we both agree we like we, we kind of liked it. But but yeah, there was something that kind of... There was some sort of just something not quite right about it, I think, mm. that that then sort of grew, you know, over the last week or so since then. And I think what it was when you just said before, did you say that they started it as a joke? And then it turned into a, a, yeah, yeah, a real yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what, um, that, I think line. there's and a lot of like, tongue in cheekness about it. Yeah. That's, and obvi- there's obvious tongue in cheekness, and that's, you know, that's, that is what it is. But I think there's something about, uh, music that's, that's ironic or, or it's a joke, but it's not a, it's not actually a funny joke. They don't, they don't go, this is a total joke, and we're going to go fly to the Concords on this and like mm-hmm. make a real joke about it. We're just going to be a, a tiny bit silly and kind of slightly take the piss. I think there's an insincerity about that that creeps in and just kind of ruins it for me over time. And I just can't; it just can't get into my soul. But can I ask and I think you, that's what I think that's what's going on with this. But record, don't you think you know? both Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack are already almost like the embodiments of that? joke that they're running like possibly yeah, like so, Bruno yeah. Mars for example so like close, 24 karat magic yeah 24 right? karat was just hilarious it's just, it, like yeah. like it, there is an element of like, like, like they ham it up in yeah, everything I, that they do but I hear what you're saying I mean there is something that like when someone kind of like is that like cover for like not being authentic or is that cover for not necessarily it's, being I confident think it's, in yeah it's like is, is it is it because you're not totally confident that that like they like that kind of music yeah. and and maybe they're like in a perfect world we would just do this because we fucking love it yeah but it's not it's not cool it's not going to be successful um so you know we're going to have to do it as a bit of a joke or something like it, i don't know it, there's that sort of like slight sense of doubt that i think just seeps in underneath you know and just undermines it a bit for me even despite all of its amazingness which it has a lot of you know I'm going to throw to Audrey in just a minute, but I, but I want to add one element to this because Bootsy Collins is a part of the record as well and Bootsy Collins also almost lives mm. within that sort of like cartoon-esque mm. 
kind of yeah, but caricature. It's, but his his is crazy and zany and wild and like out there. But it it never ever struck me as insincere. I don't know, and mm. a playful, like super playful and mm, obviously mm, like mm. and nutty and whatever. But it, I never, I always believed everything you know that I heard from him. Yeah, I don't know, and there's something different I about think this. Bruno especially always drives straight down the middle of the freeway with whatever he's doing. Um, and he doesn't live on the edges. So I don't think it's surprising that this wouldn't be on the edge, like in regards to that. Like he he's super slick. Like so this is probably even a bit out there for him, I guess, with Anderson with singing. And mm. the, the slickness of the lyrics, like there are a bunch of lines that are like so clever and so perfect, but they just feel a bit too like I've written a, a really clever lyric and it's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's weird. Cause at the same time, it's kind of amazing. It's like, you have to respect that, you know, someone can write a little bit of a little hook like that. Yeah. But mm. I guess if <laughs> it's like, I'd be, I'd be careful if I met someone who was talking like that, you know what I mean? Be like, <laughs> I would not be signing anything or agreeing to, I would not, not be going with them wherever they went. You know Too what much I mean? swag going on. Hey, um, the thing that you were saying here is I think the thing that we're all going to question because that's the same questions I had when I listened to it. And I think you have to make a choice with this album, whether you're going to buy into what it's doing or really deconstruct it on that level, which you can completely. Um, and I think I flipped on the other side, Audrey. I think Matt made a really good point um, about the sincerity of it and I think it works a lot better with the visuals for me with the live performances is the times when I really feel it when they're all in the 70s outfit but the thing I really think with this record I really liked it but I this music already exists for me you know there's already like uh the Bootsy Collins thing is interesting because you know Bootsy is one of the guys that invented this and that tongue-in-cheek thing is also a part of this music you know Mm. George Clinton and that whole thing um, I think the timing of this record, maybe commercially or just in the zeitgeist, is really important because I think music in the last two years has been hyper-political. Mm. And I think uh, 24 Karat Magic also sort of falls into this category. Yep. Um, You've got this period of time where all music is political and people are making judgments on music based on politics. And I'm not saying whether that is good or bad but it has been this thing and it was a thing where like if music didn't examples of things that got panned uh well in the grammys maybe it was probably two years ago when 24 karat magic won and there was this huge controversy that kesha should have won because it was a song about her being sexually abused when it was like trash music like it's just crap music she's Mm. rubbish But, you know, the political thing (laughs) was maybe um, (laughs) – if anyone wants to call in and say that Kesha is not trash, I will wholeheartedly disagree with you. Like she's not good at music. Bruno Mars is much better at music. I agree. Um, (laughs) Was that for me like dropping some shit? Please Um, leave that in. (laughs) Yeah. But I think like uh, it's been a long – it's been a long two years of really hyper-political music and it was it needed to happen and there was some really important music but I really feel like that bell curve is at the end and I think this album is – it almost gives the audience permission to not take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that not, part of it for yeah, sure. It's, and I yeah. feel like, you know, Anderson has 
Bruno, you know, he's super commercial and whatever. I, I do sort of love him and swoon for him a little bit. But uh, Anderson has made some heavy stuff and he put out that song Lockdown, which was, was a real oh, political a statement, song. which is a great song. And this is almost like permission to, to for an audience that has been through two years of like the world changing and music reflecting that. of like, actually, here's a song that you can put on while you're having a barbecue or a party mm. and yeah. you don't have it's to think about album. it. Yeah. You don't need to think about it. You can just enjoy it. And you know what? The lyrics are really fucking sexist, but it's also kind of sexy and that's okay. Mm. My, I just want to say my favorite part of this whole album is in the song uh, Smoking so- Out the Window. Oh. No, there's one phrase that Anderson Pack sings um, and it's like, smoking out the window. Smoking out the window. Smoking out the window. Where he just waits yeah, that yeah. extra beat. And like for that to happen in an uh, on a track that's going to number one just makes me really, really happy. I think both those guys are really great at making this music. I don't think this is the album that we're going to look back on for no, either of their careers. I but I think they're both going to make fuckloads of money and out of it. And I, think, and I think it marked for me when it came out. I was like, I think it marked this sort of like this and like a flick in that belt, uh, what do you curve, call it? Yeah, a decline yeah. in that bell curve where it was like, here's an album that is just, it's just like feel good music. There's no real statement. Like what's no, the statement of that no album? Statement. Like yeah. I like having sex it, it's and the, partying. Brown is a good <laughs> colour. Yeah, brown is a good colour. The 70s looks cool. It's an aesthetic. Like it was kind of a relief for to be able to take something not seriously and both of those guys have like oodles of charisma and I think that is still something very worthwhile. I mean, I remember when um, Kylie's track came out and everyone's calling it hit of the summer, song song of mm. 2016 summer. This has got the album summer of, you know, 21, 22. This is going to be and like. And then we won't listen to it next year. No. But like it'll just it's be It's not going to last. Like you're, you're having a party one night. So why do they drop it in winter then? Play the song. It's the how bizarre of what? 2021. Why do they drop it in Europe, in Northern Hemisphere winter then? I, I don't because know. Because there's going to be a COVID surge. For us. It's for us. That's right. They're part of Australia. That's right. But like that song about Las Vegas, like seven, seven, seven. Like you know a whole bunch of people are going to make very poor decisions. And listen to that song and be like, fuck yeah. Look, going to the technical aspect. Oh, can we go there? You know, yeah, like, we should go there. I mean, it how good does it sound? so good. What do you and reckon? I, yeah. I, I think it sounds amazing. I read some stuff and apparently a lot of it's two mics on the drums. The old shitty is pretty. And the, just the hyper- drums yeah. are the bass. I mean, my, the drums are the bass. I've my got only possible sonic criticism, and this is just my no. perspective, no, no, is go, like no. go, go, go. I would have loved the tiniest bit more dirt, but that's just not mm. what they're going for. No. So it's like, no, it's, like it's the wrong thing, but it's I like it's thinking, so smooth. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's so smooth. It would have been wrong, but I would have loved like a little bit of drive on some of the road sounds as well. Some of the road sounds yeah, are yeah, like okay. so yeah. pretty. It's, but, there's such a thing as too perfect and it's like it's 1% too perfect, I reckon. But they, Yeah, but I think yeah. that's what they sort of, you know, they took the 70s and then they just they hyper-modernized it. They're called Silk Sonic it. for God's yeah, sake. That's right, there you know, like, go, yeah, yeah. yeah. What and, do you reckon was on the technical um, side? Oh, I mean, the, how about the bass playing? He's killing it. <laughs> it like, is really he kills good bass it. <laughs> And Anderson's drumming. Like, I mean, the dude's got it's tricks. Bruno, oh, so it's he, not Bruno on the bass. Yeah, he's Are they playing all of it? Yeah, he drums. There is other drummers on the record. I know, but you know when Anderson does his fills? Like, you can tell when he does that. He's got his, like, little bag of tricks and every time he drops those... Do, 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 you know, like he, the start of Leave the Door Open. Oh, yeah, And a couple yeah, yeah. of those ones. That's all him doing that sort I of mean, stuff. I mean, one other thing about this album, uh, I was surprised by there's only really a couple of bangers. Like it is a kind of ballad-heavy record. 
you know, uh, I mean, soul ballads. But I, I like that because it's tapping into that sweet soul thing. Totally. And I just, you know, that that era where uh, – and that kind of play of like the the players but they've also like they fall in love and they have their heart broken. I kind of still think that's kind of funny and cute. And Bruno is like uh, – it's easy to shit on Bruno Mars but he's actually – he's is great. Is it really? Because I don't know. Do, do people shit on him? Because I think he's genius. Like – what he does is incredible. He's he's a really good singer too. Just a little couple Amazing of little singer. interesting um, elements of other people that were involved in this record. James Fontelroy was involved. Um, Dommy and JD Beck were they uh, did skate, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yep. They were co-writers. Home Steinweiss on the kit. Oh, oh what, what there song? There you go. Mm. Uh, it doesn't say. Do you <laughs> with I wonder if he played one, on the um. What's the what's the song? I feel like the first um, beat that comes in is just somebody who's got flies me. Doctor Dre that sounds a bit like Homer <laughs> might have played that. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Dre's on the record. <laughs> oh, come really? On. Don't read yeah. us out the hundred. No, 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 no. no I'm, just like, I'm just going. How to the is top Snoop Dogg not on this record? Yeah, is what I want to know. Not on this record. Um, look, so, I, I'm going to say, like, I, I think, I think it'd be remiss of me not to mention that I think Anderson Pack like torches Bruno vocally on this Ooh. album, and I think, I think Bruno does that graciously. Like, he sets that whole album up. But Bruno Anderson, torches Anderson. No, Anderson, Anderson torches, torches Bruno because Bruno just takes the choruses generally, and Anderson just brings the swag. Uh, you like, know, I, I think they did a really good job of as. Seeing it as a duo project, they did a yeah. really good job of giving each other the parts that they're good at. Mm. So Anderson did a lot of the verses where he can phrase really well yeah. and then all of those big epic key change moments, it was oh. just like, here's Bruno. Yeah, very true. So, so okay, so the, for me, like the issue I, I had, the intros were genius. Like intros are genius. Verses <laughs> were killer. Grooves were. Pre-choruses were awesome. Middle eights, just spectacular. The choruses for me just like really lacked. Like it sort of feel like we're just doing all this tricky stuff, then we're hitting the choruses and we're going straight down the line and just giving you the hooks. But sort of like, oh, it felt like such a letdown. Like a lot of the choruses, like, you know, Skate was a bit of a letdown. I thought Smoking Out Skate the, was real disappointing. I'm surprised Skate was though. a single yeah. album. Really uh, weird. That, it almost feels like it was rushed out the door, mm. don't you reckon? Like my favorite song on the album was was Blast, the last song. Like when it went to the guitar solo in the end, I really liked it. and I was just like, "Oh, this is just so amazing." I think I liked the "Put a Smile" <laughs> for me. The cheesy ballad was the one. I really so we're not going to actually are we, we're not going to score. Yeah, we we'll score. Are I we think scoring? we score. We're on a rating scale. So no, oh, well, we'll, let's just pick any rating. All right, scale, I will, so. you know what? We're going to pick. I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to pick. Okay, no, we're going to go. We've got to, well, I think you should read it out, all right. Let's go to the like albums. You know, no, 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 no. I'm just going to throw out a rating scale and then we'll go through all of them, guys. Okay. So okay. what we're going to do is given um, given that it's super, it's a big Hollywood record, we're going to go to the um, generously priced Planet Hollywood merchandise rating scale. Okay. okay. I can't even remember what it was. I think there was, was a something like PTSD. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. about a cut off vest. <laughs> there was a cut off vest which was worth five. And yeah, then there was some and like what was the one that was worth like the most? I can't remember. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, it does matter because it's the rating scale. Um, so we've got the cut off vest. We had, I think, some kind of hat. Anyways, just, let's just call it the cut off vest rating scale. And you've, there's there's only one score. No, no, we, what was it was? Do you remember? I can't remember. There was a hat and a, a vest and uh, something else. I something can't remember. like that. I think you should you move know, on to that one. But I'm, I'll, look, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go straight away. I'll, I've chosen to fully believe in this album. Um, 
Oh, somebody's flies me. Is that what it's called? Flies me. You know what it was? Like halfway through that song, it was just bothering me. I'm like, who is this sound like? I'm like going, this is Lenny Kravitz in the nineties. Like I'm getting like I'm getting like rock funk for like you know vibes in that song. Like Bill Withers crossed with Lenny Kravitz. I'm like going, this is an album that Lenny Kravitz would have made. Like if he could have made something like this, I think. Anyway, Mm. I liked it a lot. Um, But I think we. We're sort of all in the same opinion that it's not something that's going to live with me forever and ever, but there's going to be songs that you're going to be at house parties this summer. Do you reckon you know, what, is it in your top five albums of the year? Just like objectively without a rating scale? You? Maybe. Maybe. I'm also a maybe. It might be fifth. I think I'm also a maybe. I think I loved it. Yeah. Um, and like, again. You, you know, know when I, um, Offspring got Triple J – number one like come out and play was just like (laughs) why would that have got number one but at the time it just made sense yeah yeah so like right now this is making sense to me i hear you i i I got down with this on a uh houseboat on the murray river whilst like i just kind of pulled i I hired a jet ski and i I, um perfect you could have led with this in the band tonight i I know but you know i've been i've been wondering whether i'd be talk (laughs) i'd talk about this was it, did but it have silk on the uh, seat? Was it yeah, it did have seat? silk. Yeah. And um, and you know, I kind of remember just like pulling my jet ski, like, um, toweling off, going upstairs. There's a bit of silk sonic, sun setting. I'm like, this is the record for this moment. Yeah, but I don't think it's album of the year. I agree. Okay, uh, so in that case, I'm going to give it like a nine. All right, I yeah, think I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll probably really sit around eight. Okay. What, what about you, Matt? Um, is it going to mess everything? I've been thinking about the ratings, like how I'm going to rate things for this. <laughs> This podcast is All it going to rough, Matt? Is it going to mess everything up? Because so watching Get Back last week, yeah, mm. I'm kind of in the mood to rate things based on all time. Okay, you know what? Just do it. So you, it's not going to get a ten. You do whatever you want. You just do. Yeah, yeah. You just do you. You know, if yeah, if Get Back is ten, Get Back is ten, and so on and so on and so, so on. That's the ratings. You're setting a new rating so, scale. So Silk Sonic me, is two then, is it? For, for, for this episode, saying? just for me, it's not going to screw everything up, is it? If no, I, no, no, it's fine. Not going to like ruin the averages. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. I mean, like, I, I will, I will note that, like, you're going to have to integrate your um, get back rating scale <laughs> within <laughs> this rating. Like, you're gonna, so you're gonna have to. Ah, oh, the jackets and the. There's hats a few and to things. choose from, and I'm happy. Okay. Like, I'm happy for you to kind of can I, um, well, can I come up against the... get back, but. <laughs> But you're going to have to consider one of these rating scales in regards to your new rating Happy scale. Happy to do it. Great. I, I reckon if, if I can like come up with the number first and then just, I'll do the math. It's maths always a good later. way to do it. It's always <laughs> just, a good way to do that's it. That's right. You start, start with okay. the number and we'll work backwards. I mean, it's probably like a six and a half. Six and a half from I Matt. Okay. What, what about you, Audrey? I'm going six and a half okay. as well. Oh, but oh, I, I think it's like... Uh, it, it's great proof that both these guys are capable of making excellent records. And one thing I think is really nice about it is I think Bruno Mars had that ticket to the mainstream and I feel like he's given his friend Anderson Pack. Yeah. And I know mm. that Anderson is now starting a record label and he's signed a whole bunch of like underground LA people. Oh, awesome. So Sweet. I feel like it's this, it's been, it's this really positive thing in that respect. And it's really happy to listen to, but will I listen to it again after this year? Probs not. I'll probably just go back to the actual albums from the yeah, 70s. Well, well yeah, said. yeah. Go yeah. to yeah. That's exactly what I feel. But like. but it's, not totally se- it's not a 70s album, to be fair. Like it's not a no, 70s it's a album. Like, no, it's not because there's it's references not like they recorded it to tape 90s, or anything like, like that. Yeah, none of that stuff and there's references from 70s 90s it's it's not 
I, yeah. I think it's really clever though and I think they've done a really good job of marketing this music to people that haven't been exposed to it. Mm. Like, you know, I'm someone that is obsessed with music from this era mm. but I love that they've put things – like I love that they've exposed Bootsy Collins to yeah. this era of people. Like if if 10 mm. kids in like year nine Google who Bootsy Collins is, then yeah. they will all thank take you. acid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, but, but it's good, also, another it, good point. Like, yeah, it's, like it's, it's I'm really it. glad that it exists. I'm yeah. glad yeah. they did it. And that's a great Just way to because put I've it. got some of those records on my shelf doesn't mean everyone else doesn't. No, so, like, that's right. They're and imagine accessible. if this is a gateway to like if you if you listen exactly. to this and then you type Bootsy Collins into uh, Google and you watch that video. Not Spotify. No, into Google and you watch that video on YouTube of Bootsy playing with James Brown. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. going to change someone's life. Yeah. Or the, oh, and, the oh, star oh. Like, I remember seeing that on SBS then, when and, I was a kid. And, and then you'll go into a deep, dark hole and, see, yeah. and Google Catfish Collins, which was James oh, Brown's. I love Catfish. You know, Bootsy's brother. The best guitarist. Hey, look, best, I mean, the, best guitarist of all time. So good. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's a choice to be made with this album. You can choose to sort of just hang like shit on it if you want to. And I think that's valid, but. You can also just go, look, this is this is just fun. I'm this, happy. This I, fun. I think they know what it is as well. I yeah, don't yeah. think they were trying to make art. No. I no, think they were probably... trying to make something really successful and fun for everyone. And they'll probably clean up the Grammys as well. I but, think so. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. look, I think I, I'm mm. I, I think we've landed yeah. on this. I don't think it I don't think it hits into our album of the okay. year category, but I'm glad that we considered it. Yeah, so look, we we're an hour and twelve minutes in, so now we should get on <laughs> to, to the, the album of, of the year. year. <laughs> we will be back in just a moment. What a disaster. <laughs> Suggestive. That's fine. So, look, the first album that has made it into the top four um, of our albums of the year is uh, Jasmine Sullivan's epic Hotels. Um, and look, you know, when we when we when we listen to that <laughs> album, well, I mean, that song in particular that's just played. Like, Ooh, I always yeah. find that, like, when I listen to this song, I start off listening to it, you know, in my head with clothes on, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the song. I've got my clothes off smoking a cigarette. Like, do you, do you sort of get that vibe with that song, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I don't need much encouragement to get into that position, but I do hear what you're saying. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, look, Jasmine Sullivan's obviously an R&B singer. Like, this album was released on RCA Records on uh, January 8th. Um, and it was described by Sullivan um, as her fourth and, and uh, like, a break. It was a breakout album? Like, it's her first release since... 2015's critically acclaimed reality show. Um, obviously, it includes features from Murray Lennox, which we've just heard in the background, uh, Anderson Pack, and her. Um, and most of the record was recorded at her home in Philadelphia. Um, I think it's been identified as a concept album. Um, and uh, I'm reading here that Schematic is a successor to the didactic concept albums like Miseducation of Lauren Hill. 
Um, structurally six spoken word interludes are followed by songs that flesh them out um, as character studies. Themes explored include feminism, sexuality, um, classism, and body shaming, among other lyrical topics, supported by narrative interludes between each song. Uh, the project received widespread critical, critical acclaim and was also a commerci- commercial success, debuting at number four on the Billboard 200 chart. Um, and that, that's her highest position um, on the chart. Um, it's one album of the year award at the 2021 um, Bet Awards, 2021 Soul Train Music Awards, and it was named album of the year by NPR, Entertainment Weekly and Pitchfork. Um, it's been nominated for Best R&B Album at the upcoming Grammy Awards, while the single Pick Up Your Feelings is nominated for Best R&B Song and Best R&B Performance at the Awards. Look, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it was like it was the first album that we reviewed for the year. And, you know, I don't I think we, we clocked it at the start that like I think we both said that this could be album of the year really early mm. um we had a lot of things to say about it like um i might just chuck it over to our guests and and get them to to start on it. audrey you start on it well i feel like maybe i have the advantage as the only hoe in the room <laughs> of right. having a very uh like this it was incredibly relatable content for me on this album um i think uh, it's interesting that it's been called a concept album because I think it is. And I think it was like, uh, it's for women, but it's also not just, uh, you know, it's not just feminism. It's not just like, hey, go women. Like the, it's just kind of like, hey, this is what women's lives are like yeah. these days. Yep. And as a woman who's been single for the better part of 10 years, dealing with the apps, buying fashion overdresses, Going through those phases of being a hoe, I really felt like listening to this album, uh, like maybe shocked by how relatable it was, but those kind of phases <laughs> of uh, dealing with the other sex and the changes that have been happening over the last decade, uh, it, I really felt it like it did go through the stages of being a hoe and I, I can kind of totally relate to it on that level. And by the time I got to the last track with her, I just felt really like, yeah, you forced me to be a hoe. Like it, it felt really like I felt very personally connected to the message of some of the songs of like, okay, yeah, there's all this feminism going on, but also still like you want to see, see my titties. And it's like it was this really raw and I think some of the lyrical content at first I was kind of confronted by, but then it's also what you're completely surrounded by and what is yeah. like the rest of pop music particularly by women at the moment, like it is hypersexual. Yeah. And at least this album for me, it felt like this really raw and honest expression of what uh, young women have been dealing with. And for that reason, I wasn't expecting to like this album as much as I did or connect with it as much as I did. And I think some of the lyrics are so much about the modern world that they don't seem profound right now but they're going to seem very profound in 10 years yeah like that line about fashion nova dresses i mean you guys might not have understood that but like i heard that and i was like fuck i can't believe they're actually like that's such a real thing it's like a brand Mm -hmm. of like cheap shit dresses that are just like absolutely slutty and like Ah. it's like the equivalent if you went out on brunswick street on friday night you'd see (laughs) all these young women in these like dresses where it's like nothing is left to the imagination and they look amazing and you just kind of think like, is that what we're supposed to be? What was the line in the song? 
Uh, it's mm. one of the ones that her sings, but it's like, uh, you know, I can't remember what the exact line is, but I know it was in the context of like, you're forcing me to be one of yeah. these girls because you yeah, kind of fooled me. Yeah. yeah. Like on the apps, like you kind of fooled me into thinking you wanted a real woman, so to speak. And now you're forcing me to be a hoe. And I think if that track hadn't been the last track of the album, I might not have felt as into this album as I did. But the fact that that was the last track and they both sing so well on that track and it really felt like this thing of like, you f- you're you forcing me to be this thing and you don't know what you want. And yeah, I, I just felt like I wasn't expecting to have an emotional connection to that. And that the the concept album thing of it, the way it all tied together. And then I can look back at the earlier tracks about pick up your feelings, for example, yeah, yeah. like that sort of breakup thing and that one spit on it or whatever, like about like that's quite explicit that at first I was a bit like, ooh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, that's the stages of like this is the modern dating world that we're dealing with and uh, yeah, I felt it was really relatable and for that reason I really felt like at the end I felt quite emotionally attached to this record. What did you think of, um, oh, what was the song that I was completely obsessed with? Um it was one with just the electric guitar and her voice. Oh, the um, the second last one. Oh was yeah, it, uh, the other side. Oh, so, so yeah. beautiful. Honest to God, that like to me is just song of the year. So, that, I lo- that, I really liked that song. But and it's I funny that it was so simple that song oh, too. And yeah. it started and you go, this is going to be nothing, and then all of a sudden it just vocally built but, and built but, and, and built. lyrically, yeah. Uh, right. And I found all the interludes with the talking. I usually don't like What's those favorite sort thing? of things. Yeah. yeah, I love that. No, I, I, I really, <laughs> I really, I, I usually yeah. hate them as well, yeah. but these felt quite authentic. It's funny because like, the two albums that we're going to look at well, tonight, Little both Sims also have that, it. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And both were I good. mean, both done differently, but I, I thought I really, I, I felt like there was an, uh, I felt like there was an intent, like, there's so much. Oh, uh, this is why I hate coming on this podcast, but I love it. But you know, there's so much stuff now where talking about being a woman can get you a certain amount of yeah, attention canceled. on well, – no, that's not what I was going to say. Oh, it was like my more bad. like if you talk about you my experience as a woman. <laughs> don't tell me what it's – don't mansplain to <laughs> me what mansplain it's like Audrey. to be a woman. <laughs> um, no, like uh, – Go ahead, Audrey. Sorry. You know, there's so much talk about what it's like to be a woman in the music industry and what it's like to be a woman and it becomes this sort of like uh, repetitive thing but I felt like this was a real effort – to ex- authentically express, like, what is it like to be a woman in 2021? A 30-year-old woman too. She's not a young woman. She's a woman that's been around and she's flirted with success for a while. And there's things like th- when she talks about her body and when she talks about sleeping around and stuff, like, uh, for me, listening to this album, it was one of the first times I felt like that sort of explicit stuff was being sung to me by a woman in an authentic way, not yeah. in a way, like, a way of like, hey, I'm going to sing about sex and make heaps of money for the execs at Sony. Like it really felt like this is a woman's perspective on what the current sexual climate is and no. I loved that about this album. As a question like, you know, you, you, you've touched on something whereby something might, you know, and you've, it's almost like, you, like it seems like a thing like as to how you've approached kind of your listening this year which – you, you flagged early about the kind of Bruno Mars thing, you know, being a non-political statement and then kind of we're talking about, you know, what the, what Jasmine's done really well here which is taking something that's like a hot ticket item but actually writing about it really well. Like 
Yeah, like, you and, know, and, and, and maybe, writing authentically. Isn't that what you want? Any good album? Yeah. That's, like, what, that, that's what I'm kind of going, to with, yeah. going, going towards, which is like, you know, going back to that point that you made where everything has become kind of political, some potentially, I mean, I'm just going to like throw it out there as a, as a concept, that maybe some, there are some artists that like, that's just not, they're not good at that. They're not mm. good at that sort of stuff. And, and, and as such, what, where we where we end up is a whole bunch of really like important issues being kind of addressed by just poor writing. I think I mean like I'm uh, like going all the way to the bottom of the pile. Like Justin Bieber's record this year was like his attempt at standing for something, and it was just yeah. crap. But he doesn't know? have a and thing to like. He he doesn't have a thing to stand for, and I feel like a lot of that stuff, like the political but Taylor stuff, Swift as well. Uh, like, yeah, but I mean Lana Taylor. Taylor Swift has created this thing of being this particular (laughs) version of woman. To me personally, it's not authentic. It feels like marketing. Well, how can it be authentic though? I I mean, mean, it's a different thing. They were all – with Jasmine Sullivan, like what stood out about this particular record to me, um, and there's a whole bunch of it that I don't understand and can't relate to because I'm not American and I'm not – black yeah but the parts of it that i could understand as a 30 year old woman who's been through the dating scene in australia and america i was just like this is a really authentic and honest honest like honest songwriting about what it's like to navigate this world and like it's it would be hard to be i mean she's called the album hotels like she's called herself a hoe you know and it's like but that's an that's an authentic way for her to talk about her experience and it feels like if I mean Taylor Swift is a great example, it's all written from this perspective of like poor me, poor little pretty Taylor Swift. Like you know, everyone was so mean to me. It's so hard, blah blah blah. But I've been signed since I was twelve, so I've never really lived in the real world. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a totally different thing. Yeah. And like yeah. this is out of the bubble. This I album. can't relate to that as an adult woman yeah. living in the real dating world of the dating apps. This album, there was heaps of it I didn't understand, but the parts of it that rang true, it was just like you know, knife to the heart shit. Where I was like. Ooh, I, like that song where she's like bodies on bodies and bodies. Like I don't know who this guy I woke up next to is. Like I, yeah. what was in my drink? I've had my drink spiked and shit. And like I think a lot of women have lived that and like mm. I haven't heard that in songs so authentically where I felt like it's coming from a real person and being said to me like, hey, this I felt it come as like a marketing thing or like wet ass pussy, like yeah, sec- yeah, women's sexual liberation. Whereas this felt like actually women talking about real sex and the real world. And I thought that that was really special in this album. And she's a great singer. Yeah. And she's great at holding back and not like there's yeah. a lot of runs, but it's not. It, I was expecting more, you know. There was almost moments where I was like, oh, that's cool. She's not just like, it's not just runs for days. I think, oh, sorry, well, I mean, to, just to touch on that, I mean, I think we touched on this when we first talked about it. Like it actually feels like it's a singer who's totally on top of her game, totally mm. in control and totally comfortable, you know, with with operating in, in, this, in this genre. I believe that she has chosen to tell this story and this feels like an authentic like a story of her life and her friend's life it doesn't feel like a version of that that has been manufactured through a label you know what did you reckon matt well are you a hoe i'm really (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've got so many questions for you after hearing that but i'm I'm glad you went first because i feel like it makes a lot more sense even now hearing your interpretation of the lyrics and you know i you definitely listening more closely to more of the lyrics than I was I'm, I'm sure but 
I just got I got pretty conf- I just got a pretty dark vibe from the whole lyrically mm. from the whole thing. Musically, it was pretty amazing and great in many ways, but lyrically, it was for me so dark that it was pretty off-putting a lot of, like on you know across the whole album and it was hard to it was hard to get into it um and that you know hearing your your reaction to it uh that that, that now means something to me um, whereas before I, it was just purely sort of a bad energy and just re- kind of repulsive but it's like if you know you're saying that this is this rings true um as to you know w- what you know many maybe many women's experience of you know, living in the West in popular culture uh, and dealing with all this stuff uh, is like uh, at, le- at least it feels like it had a had a, has a purpose. Uh, like I wrote down the word medieval um, <laughs> because they just seem, like so many of the songs just seem to be about like trading like sex for for money and for power in this kind of very base way. Like like you know like I reckon if you played if you wrote that down and and, and read it to someone from the 12th century, they would understand exactly what it was about i think that's a great i think that's an excellent point though yeah like it 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 was it was hard to it was hard to cope with you know do you wonder (laughs) even the fact that she's called hotels in that sort of almost classical way perhaps i can't believe i didn't get that that joke because i've made that joke myself like with the eaux thing (laughs) yeah yeah, that's so good but even even it being like tales of sorts maybe it almost speaks to that kind of archetype i just like is this how like people are living like is this is this like this huge segment of like the world and like in in america in this supposedly great rich powerful country it's It's not even america the the references to atlanta like uh, i've been to atlanta and like one of the biggest businesses in atlanta is strip clubs right and you know it's that thing like cardi b was a stripper like that that, there's this culture thing and i think like that thing medieval like i'm so glad that you brought that point out because it's i think it's so relevant in that uh when you look at the taylor swifts of the world and the lana del rey's who are white and i have lived and they're the princesses (laughs) so they're describing this one women's experience which is like incredibly sheltered yeah and then i feel like jasmine sullivan is talking to a lot of people and i'm probably somewhere in the middle of those worlds but I often feel like I'm being told that the world has changed and living in this Melbourne but- bubble. But when I'm confronted... Melbourne butthole. Melbourne butthole. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. <laughs> but w- then when you're confronted with the real world and real, particularly sexual interactions and real, like, you know, at the same time, like, more people are watching, like, hardcore porn and shit like that. Like, the real sexual interactions, like, I had the same reaction when I first re- listened to it, particularly that lyric, like, spit on it. I was like, whoa, that's, like, like I kind of, like, sat up and was like, oh, this is very graphic. Like, yeah. but then I listened, like, that thing of the last track on the album, when I listened to it, I was like, no, actually, like, this is shit that's happening and this is the world that we're living in and it's cool that it's being authentic that and it's not being glamorized like wet ass pussy and yeah. all those other songs because it's not glamorous unless you've got heaps of money driving, the yeah. beat isn't creating that hypersexual no moment it, either it's, you know what it's I mean? like sexy music but it's not like it's not grinding and it's not like you know i like i thought about the music that i think is really sexy like d'angelo but that's like 
it's a fantasy world, you know. Mm. It's like this fantasy of sex yeah, yeah. that doesn't really exist and in the real like world. Pulling you know? a curtain. This away is yeah. This for, is really raw, it and it's is, like yeah. it is gross, and it is yeah. confronting, and it is kind of fucking medieval because it's still yeah. like. And I've been in that strip of Atlanta where it's just like strip club, strip club, strip club, strip club, and it was fucking confronting. Mm. And it's just like it is that thing of like money and sex. It's like this yeah, is, and that's kind of still what the world is, really. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's we're very lucky, uh, yeah, I think, in sure. Melbourne I, I to be so, yeah. less yeah. that. Fuck, this got so deep. I'm no, sorry. no, well, well, no. That's, I mean, why, that's, hey, why, that's why. That's why we're here. I think there was a number of episodes this year where I've like sort of gone down this sort of not not that not fully down that track, but the hypersexualization uh, in, yeah. in general, just that? in regards to like you know, this is what we're portraying to like a, uh, a younger generation now, where well, yeah, it's just I mean, like what what are we doing, like? And it's, it's, and it's at least intense. this is an honest like it's for real. me yeah, this yeah, is the honest, honest version yeah. of wet ass pussy. It's yeah. like wet ass pussy is like it sounds really hot, but it, in reality it would be pretty horrible. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't want to be there, but this is kind of the real version of that. And it's the same. The Silk Sonic thing is hypersexual. Like the whole album is about sex, but it's like from this very like, well, I'm rich and I've got satin sheets. But that's not the way most of the world no. is living. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I've got. Yeah, I don't no, have final final sheets. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got three I've got eight hundred count. I've got we, in fact in fact that was a rating scale from twenty twenty. So thanks for bringing us in because we're about to actually go to the rating scales. Um, but before we do, Matt, just real quick, any other things to add? Like, I mean, was this your first encounter with Jasmine Sullivan? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, nothing, nothing much else, I guess. Yeah, it was just that. What do you the, think of the production? Pretty clean, don't you? I, was my was pretty my clean, take. And good, and like there are a number of beats I can't remember. I didn't write down which ones, but a number of like you know the musical, like the beat, as like as the the young folk called. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> the beat, beat. You know, was like top quality, top shelf. Really, you know, great in every way. And she's she's an amazing singer for sure. She's a great singer, um, mm. and didn't you know didn't go too over the top too often for me as someone who usually likes you know people who can go to the moon to just only hint that they can go to the moon. Yeah, most yeah, of the time, yeah. Agreed. Rather than Absolutely. always yeah, yeah. going straight on the moon but again. She did yeah. go to the moon. You know? She did, but like on in a, a bunch in, a, yes. in control way. I think. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I mean we'll probably speak to you about the moon moon uh moon kind of exploration with Laura Mavula as well who also went to the moon. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah but like um, um sorry and I mean if you want to rate also I mean that um I actually think the Jasmine Sullivan and her on the uh Tiny desk, one of the best, was really good. Oh, pop, oh, okay. possibly one of the best. Like, I mean, you, we we might talk about that in Little Sims is vying for the oh, top gosh. two in the uh, tiny desk. There's just a lot. I mean, what a great year of legit great year in music. But like, I actually like the live version of me too. Better. I actually much better. You know, and I mean, my only kind of critique of this was I didn't love the production of this. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, again, seeing the her and Jasmine. Singing the songs just with two acoustic guitars and two vocals. I liked that version better. Versus, yeah, yeah. say, like a studio production. Um, you know, question marks for me were like, there's a lot of, it's it's quite band heavy. Like, it's a band playing this. And also, the Pick Up Your Feelings live version to mind is better than the record version. And part of me feels that, like, on a kind of like how they recorded the instruments level, I didn't get a sonic imprint on this record that I feel. Do you reckon there might be a, a movement? I don't know whether it's just amongst you know us kinds of people, but like a movement towards 
like the acoustic version. Like the number of times I've heard someone Maybe. say the tiny desk version or the stripped yeah, down better. version yeah, yeah. with mm. no, like not even like 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 a shotgun mic, you know, yeah, yeah. not even is better lately. It's just been all the time. My answer to that is I think that like, like the product, like ever since critics and ourselves included <laughs> talk about yeah, things like the production of the record, suddenly artists have almost felt some kind of necessity to have some kind of sonic something. Yeah. Beyond just the song, and I and feel that as a producer a lot as no well. Doubt. Like, like you have to have a, or like you should have a voice, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's not always appropriate. Yeah, a lot of the time it's not appropriate. I reckon. Yeah. Agreed, and you know, um, so I, I think, like my only critique of this was I would have actually preferred to hear this just like literally as an acoustic record, like mm. acoustic guitar and songs. Mm. Just to me, like she's such a great singer, but I don't know. I think it straddled it pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Should we do it? Yeah, let's All do right. it. All right. So basically, um, you know, an hour and 50 minutes into the episode, <laughs> we're going to go to the first rating scale. <laughs> so look, the way we've done this in the past is there, you've, you've, you've all got in front of you a list. Um, it's okay if you don't understand some of the rating scales. I just, I would encourage that you just choose one and fundamentally just to make Waz's life, um, we, the, to make Waz's life the easiest... It's gonna be it's gonna be one to ten, yeah. and um, and we're not going into we're not going into the subtractive model even as much as I love that. So just to kind of to go to go through it. That was um, the shim. That was system? the shim. The shim system. I kind of like the shim system. The shim system was good. Yeah, because it also it was also base ten as well, which kind of makes it easy. But how many shims do you not need? Yeah, <laughs> was 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 how good the record was. So, um, look, just to start off with, we've got the Martin Tyler commentary rating scale when you need the best. There's only one man who can convey the necessary emotion to describe a moment in time. We've got the Deli Chicken Schnitzel 7-plate crumb rating scale, but we're going to call it a 10-plate crumb, just right? Okay, yeah, 10-plate crumb. No, no, but then no, we're going back into subtractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe avoid the Chicken Schnitzel rating scale. There's the Grey Wall Shim rating scale. Thank you, Matt. Um... The Shmura Matsa, I've got my eyes on you protection rating scale. I don't even know what that means. I think it was like you had to like make sure no one messed with the, uh, oh, the, the Shmura the, Matsa. The leavening of the bread. Yeah, yeah. How many eyes were watching the bread? That's yeah, yeah. To correct. Make sure How that, many eyes? So like 10 sets of eyes was, That's right. was the <laughs> best. Again, subtractive. Oh, that was the best. No, that was if yeah, with ten <laughs> sets of eyes is you're better right. than one ten if you're watching, eyes. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got the let me try that rating scale courtesy of tech nerds that help baby boomers with their IT issues. Yeah, yeah. So that was when, you know, can I help you with that? You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was there. that was a good one. Yeah, that was, that was Smells of the Night Cat, one of my favourites. Yep. Keeps on just coming good. I was actually at the Night Cat the other day and I um I texted Ryan. I actually you texted me too. Yeah. I did. Did I, I send you a video as well? I didn't reply. <laughs> I'm friends with Ryan too, just so everyone knows. Um, actually, it was the night that I saw you there. Um, yeah, anyways, the Nightcat Rating Scale, how, how many limes do you need to cut before a gig yeah, of the Nightcats? Yeah. The Pavarotti and Friends Rating Scale, which is probably the one I'm going to go with. Yeah. I don't even know what that scale was, but it was good. Yeah. There was the 50 Year Storm Rating that Scale. That was one of my favourites. I don't even remember what that was either. It was just like, you just did the whole belty. Yeah, the rating scale. I think how many years, I can't remember. All right, we'll I have just to check it. that one. Yeah. Um, the Melway Rating Scale, not Gregory's. That's best. That was uh, a great comment. De- yeah, definitely. 16 was 
the highest score and because be that was Glenroy. Yeah, that's right. Because if you're in Glenroy, that's the highest rating because that's where Kylie is. And then uh, 256 was the worst because that was North Geelong or something that's like that. That's correct. Yeah. We've got the Sean T. Home Fitness uh, God rating scale. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the generously priced Planet Hollywood merchandise rating scale, which is one of my personal favourites, but I don't think that went down well with the group. No. Um, there was AFL applause track Decibel. Great one by Liz. Yep. Um, extra potato cake with the fish and chip rating scale. That was, I, I don't even know how we rated that one. Um, there was a casual card rating scale in, in relation specifically to Tammy's Borex and Preston. Yeah, because um, they wouldn't take your They wouldn't take card. my card. They only take cash. That's and right. And got kicked you out. That's yep. right. Yep. Um, the Cyclone Matic 2.25 rating scale. God, it was a hard year. Vasily Siracus, rest in peace, shopping trolley rating scale. I like that one, actually. Yeah. And the Kahuna Golf and Bowls Club Camp Van rating scale. May I just conclude in saying we have more subtractive rating scales than <laughs> additive rating scales yep. this year. Let's take it to Jasmine Sullivan. I'll start with you, Waza. What is your, what is your score? I'm going to be honest. At the start of this week, when I went through and listened to everything... This was my album of the year wow. at the start of the week. And it has changed since then. But I, the only question I had, and we've talked about it before, like is this an album? Was this an album? Like it was not many songs. It was like seven songs I think in mm. total. Um, it was an album for me because the concept went uh, fr- from somewhere to the to somewhere. Totally agree. Resolved. Yep. The story resolved. It was the only sort of question and – Musically, for me, the her song I didn't love that much. That um, and I, so I, I I loved what you had to say tonight about it, and that's changed. That will probably change my perspective on it. But I didn't think it was the best way to end it. But I loved it. I love this album. Um, I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Like I think it was freaking Up there. incredible. Nine and a half. Album. And and which yeah. most probably which oh, on the fifty scale? year fifty year rating scale. Fifty, 50, 50 year storm, storm rating, rating scale. scale. Yeah. So we'll have to go back. And figure out exactly yep. how that got calculated because I'll, I'll take that time this week. Thanks, Thank Was. Nine and a half from Was. What about you, Audrey? I'm going to choose the Smells of the Night Cat rating scale. <laughs> so that's a lime score. Because this, the uh, graphic content, lyrical content of the album brought up a lot of previous odors from previous lives <laughs> for me. Um, no, I think this is a, a cool album and I really think it's a great. Like art is a reflection of the times, and I feel like this is a reflection of the times. So I'm gonna give it. I musically, it's not my favorite album, but lyrically, it's definitely my favorite, and I think it was ballsy as fuck. Yeah. So nine point five. Nine point five. All right, we got some we got some throw throwdowns here. Feeling bad. All right, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> like a total right. asshole. No, no, it's cool. You know, it's what? okay, Matt. You're only racist and sexist if <laughs> you don't like this album. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, stop that. <laughs> Okay, I just want to flag all music is good and it's and all like, guests are good as well. All guests are good. And so everyone Audrey, is racist we're, sexist, yeah. we're gonna just keep those those knives just in your and we can edit this however drawer. we want to. Exactly. Like, Matt was yeah, never here. He just provided out. the location. Yeah. No, no, no. no I'll, I'll I'll throw to you, Matt, next, and then I'll finish up. Um, what do you reckon? Are the number first? Uh, you can pick a range scale. You I feel doing? like you know. Earlier on, I would have, hmm, yeah, it's a tough one because, yeah, I, I really can't divorce my sort of just visceral reaction mm. from it to like what what I'm going to give it. 
you know, I don't think it's like it's not, you know, it's the equivalent of saying, oh, you shouldn't make shouldn't have made the Godfather because it glorifies crime or, or whatever. Yeah, okay. yep. uh, and I would say, well, that's stupid. The Godfather is an amazing film. It's an amazing piece of art, and it doesn't, you know, blah. you could say the same about this, but it just kind of Didn't upset me, and it made mm. me sad. And I hate, I hate that so many people have to yeah, uh, yeah. kind of exist in that in that realm. And so I'm going to give it a six. Okay. And, 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 what, and, and, what and just flagging. I think that's a great point as well. And I have never watched The Godfather despite trying to watch it a lot because I just oh. can't relate to it at all. And I think a lot of people won't relate to this album. Oh, oh, fair enough. Was has almost fallen off his chair. <laughs> um, Sorry. That's fine. Sorry. No, that's amazing because you've got an incredible you've like, got, three you've hours got, in your future yeah, sometime yeah, yeah. before well, you Okay, both. that's one good. Whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. the time is right, you know, you'll, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> no, but, just, but I'm, I'm also going to do The Night Cat. Um, oh, it smells, it smells of the night smells cat. Of the night cat yeah. Because I just remember hearing that one, and it just like uh, it really took me there. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it took me. It's a visceral yeah. experience. It was it really a visceral. Was. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. And it was like a. It was a nice. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of good memories of lime. Weird lime smells backstage. Oh, no. So strange. I will share it's, a video with you guys later. Um, before we wrap, but I did uh film. I asked as I walked in during soundcheck, there yeah. was a person cutting lines. She didn't seem that happy about it either. I know, she wasn't happy. And no. I was like, hey. You know, I mean, uh, you know, everyone loves this when, at, when they're at work. Hey, I've got this joke with my friends. And like, we're talking about how many lines can go to the market. Like, can I film you? Cutting limes. She's like, if you have to. It was so awkward. Must <laughs> you? <laughs> Anyways, I'll show you guys a video. It's a great yeah, moment. Yeah, great. Uh, but look, Matt, just to Rate quickly um, take you back to something you said earlier, which is mm. you, there is a secondary rating scale, which is in comparison, is, is it's like limes at the night cat against get back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, this was the get back. This oh. is the, yeah. Oh right! So this you're pegging all, against all time. You're pegging yeah. ten. Your ten is yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep it six point five against get back yeah. and six. You. So it's possibly the highest score he will give all night. Yeah, so yeah. that would be really 6. interesting. Five. Okay. 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 Six. Great. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm going to keep it consistent just for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. Okay. Great. Perfect. So I'm going to go the uh, Sean T Home Fitness yeah. uh, T25 scale, the T25 yep. rating scale, yeah, and. You know, I think like Audrey, I'm again very similarly really like grateful for you to have gone into the yeah, depth of the lyrics. Um, Aren't you glad you booked a hoe for this episode? No, was, no, no. But you know, I like, mean, we we don't do the like we, we don't, don't we don't go do in depth into the lyrics. And like, how would we relate to that? Like, we just well, can't. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we can, like, the, like the starting point is I don't know Obviously. about you, I don't know about you, Matt, but I think both was and I don't pay the deepest attention to lyrics in general male I, or female. I, I don't either this album made me that's why i gave it such a high rating yeah, if it but, was just yeah. musical i probably would have but that anyway, that song that i, that I mentioned what was that one that i loved um put it down was it the yeah the second last oh, which last. Yeah, yeah yeah whatever that one um is. with the with the, the acoustic guitar one what was it the other side um, oh yeah that that to me was the one that just like made me just mm. what, like stand up and pay attention that this is like a statement record and then um, what's it called that her song as well just loved it. Um, I'm not going to go as high as the two of you. I'm going to park it at about an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, eight uh, 
on the Sean T Home Fitness Rating Scale, which I wish I remember what it was. It was something to do with probably how many times you said Tanya's had a baby. <laughs> something, something like, like that. that. It's just, yeah. Something like that. But eight out of ten for me. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, that was uh Hotels by Jasmine Sullivan. We'll be back in one second with the second album. Okay, as you can tell from the track playing in the background, the second album we're going to look at is probably one of the most underground and underrated albums in some respects. Um, it's Laura Mavula's Pink Noise. It's actually nominated for a Mercury Prize, but not much else, actually. Um, Mavula called the album the one that she'd always wanted to make and described it as made with warm sunset. Um, with the warm sunset tones of the 80s saying it took three years of waiting and waiting and fighting and dying and nothingness and then finally an explosion of sound. Um, the album follows the um, uh, one F EP um, released in February 2021. The EP was named after the technical name for Pink Noise on the frequency spectrum. Matt, would you like to um, anything else to that? Pink, What Pink Noise is? Yeah. Uh, pink well, white noise is equal energy per frequency. Yeah. And pink noise is equal energy per octave. So the the it basically it's like duller. It's less bright. Like white noise is very bright. Pink noise is more warm. You could say. Okay. Sounding. Well, you can you can leave now. I mean. Okay. Cool. He's he's done for the night. I think. Um, it was as I said. It was nominated <laughs> for a Mercury Prize this year. Thanks as, for having us, Matt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, as I said, it flew under the radar. So there's not much – when you dig into this album, there's actually a not – I think it flew a, over a the radar. It flew so oh, high. Right. It flew it above radar capability. I think what you should be saying is it flew in the pink noise spectrum. I mean, it's <laughs> like – it just flew in a, in a frequency that no one could hear. They weren't even looking. Um, so it's kind of exciting to – this one got in. Um, I mean, I, I I went through a lot of stuff. I think one I, I read here, and I'll, I might just – grab a few lines from it, it said i mean she got dropped by her label mm. and it was practically a rite of passage for an artist but it's likely that laura mavor is the only one to receive the news by email after delivering a top 10 uk debut but i think i think the background of that was mental health stuff right which is not to say it's, there's any remotely well, well, justified yeah. but but like i think there was you know she had there was a, she had a massive breakdown yep. and so um, you're saying the labels didn't support her no i'm not i that my my, my guess would have would have I I don't know the background, but but there were, I think the articles that I was reading was like she was kind of finished and retiring, right? I'm um, not gonna not gonna make or release music anymore. So it wouldn't surprise me that at that point the label's going okay, cool, we'll terminate the contract. But right, I, well, don't, I I don't know the detail. Okay, well, I mean, Atlantic picked up the new album and she worked with uh, Dan Hume on the album from um, wild, isn't it? From, isn't that wild? It's absolutely yeah. wild, like. Who's Dan Hume? Dan oh. Hume is, a, a, well, I guess, an Australian producer now living in LA. Yeah. Or London, yeah, sorry. Yeah, London, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, New Zealander by Do you remember Evermore? Yeah. So who is Evermore. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's one of the Evermore guys. <gasps> no but, but fucking he's, but he's way. But he's kind of become yeah. like, like the, yeah. the dude of um, 
production. Mm. Like, you know, he's produced all the big, I guess, so many big Australian acts as well. Yeah, I'm well, and, and I guess so. He had the, the indie the, side of things. His yeah. studio out at Macedon was he that did, his studio? He did. Yeah, and then Jan yeah. took it. That's right. But he's um, you know, but I don't. Did wow. anyone see that this was coming? Like you know, no one. I don't. No. I didn't see that this was coming. Like a slice of eighties pop perfection. Like didn't it's see this just, coming. Like it's mm. perfect on so many levels. Mm. Um. So look, uh, we reviewed it. I, I personally at the time like lost my you shit called it. over it. You called it you called it early. Well, I mean, I, I think from my perspective, and I'll throw it to both of you guys in a second, but like this is an album that I could see myself making. Like that's what I like got oh. when I listened to As it. As in like in stylistically. Dreams, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, stylistically, but also like out of all the albums we're gonna listen to tonight, this is the one where I go, I could I could see myself doing something like this. This is where I'd like to inhabit and I think this is achievable and it just felt like I just felt like I could I there was something that I could look up to and go yeah I could get get here and that's not like that's just me personally but I loved it on so many levels where I could just see uh uh you know a ladder that I could climb to 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 do this and that was really exciting yeah. um that aside the songwriting on this album mm. is just awesome like the changes that you know that they do between the verses and the chorus. All her choruses are just so euphoric, and like the ballads. Oh my god! Like you know, you do magical, which is great. Yes. But then you hit the what's the song called with the um with the guy who's singing with her the um uh the duet. It sounds like a like a Peter Cetera track from Chicago. Oh, like what matters? Like um yeah, what matters? It's like you know mm. um the glory of love or something mm. off the Karate Kid soundtrack. Like it's just like. <laughs> It's so like in the moment of like like a time, and yeah, like her voice is outstanding. There's so much to like about this album. Who wants to go? Like Matt, I think you know you probably need to go first on this because I know when we reviewed it, I got a message like like that next week going, "This is incredible!" Like, and uh, this is one I had to stop the podcast and pause it and listen to because I was like, "Okay, I have to hear what they're talking about." right now and then i just kept going and listened to the whole album you know yeah, yeah. Um, so break and, it down and, for ne- us. and then never stopped after that basically just listen to it continually what was it what was it that got you i mean i think it's the like the the musical the compositional sort of heritage is like um you know is like is uh, like jazz fusion players who are writing pop tunes like like steely dan and like genesis and like mm. Uh, Peter you know, Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, all those mm. great like yeah, people Grace who Jones. sort of like were young in the seventies, and then in the eighties they were just absolutely, you know, powering, and they just had this ability to put in you know complicated musical uh, kind of situations, you know, key changes and time changes and odd numbers of beats and 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 whatever, and make it sound completely natural. Um, and I've always kind of been amazed by you know anyone who can do that mm. um without and, it sounding like so yeah like and, pretentious. It, and it wouldn't like no one would well, not no one but no one would be like oh i don't understand it like it just feels right and it just flows mm. and that to me is like the the apex of music for me personally or composition is to be able to do that like have all the technical ability but also all the accessibility all at the same time mm. um and I so, feel like every such a, song such a beautiful sentiment like i love what you just said yeah yeah, yeah it's like bring bring it like Yes, say something that everyone can understand. That's the yeah, yeah. perfect thing to do as a human being. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. 
like the smartest person and the and the most normal person you don't have to be paying too much attention you know unfortunately i don't think you know a lot of people are paying heaps of attention to this album but uh you know there's lots of reasons for that and it's not always because it's, it's not, not good brilliant yeah. i mean yeah. it's just yeah you know and then uh her voice uh it just personally really speaks to me like 100 percent um and you can't say why that is i don't know why and i don't care really it just just really uh you know really absolutely believe everything she says there's this moment i can't remember i tried to find which song it was in but there's like this little almost like baroque little breakdown <laughs> like br weird bridge thing where she just says like what did she say i think i tried to write it down um it's like you know if you're waiting for me because the the album came out of it you know a lot of like very difficult mental health kind of problems yeah. and you can sort of hear that in the lyrics and she's like if you're waiting for me to die you'll be waiting a long time oh, and the way yeah. she delivers she delivers it in this little like doo -doo -doo -doo, doo -doo 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 -doo, you know this kind of quaint little and uh yeah um i you know i completely believe it 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 sounds feels completely sincere and powerful to me and you know and then there's the production and the the mixing. The mixing, I would say, is essentially perfect. Like you couldn't you couldn't take whatever those tracks were. You couldn't make them sound any better. better. And yeah. more for what the genre is, I think. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. very genre specific in the um the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but without it being like a kind of cliche of of like a it's like a throwback record. Mm. Well, know, it, for, it, for yeah. me, yeah, for me, it sounds it's not throwback at all. It is. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, but it's got that eighties. It sounds like a modern take on '80s sounds, and that's almost if I, you know, you you're trying to criticize something. Like I'm almost tr 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 trying to find something to say about it to that isn't completely positive. But like, if it, you know, <laughs> maybe the only yeah. way it could maybe be improved is if it had say ten times the budget and like all the instruments were played by real people and there was almost no programming on it. And maybe they used like the real RMX 16 or whatever instead of the plugin or you know, whatever, and mixed it on an SSL instead of in the computer. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe improved by five to ten percent, like or point five percent, maybe yeah, for me yeah. personally, yeah, 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 but probably yeah. for no one else. And so it's like, yeah, but maybe, maybe the playing thing though, maybe like you know the difference between this the way that like Genesis in the 80s sounded or mm -hmm. whatever, or yes, um, even with all the programming that they were doing. And this sounds like it's just a little bit computery. Yeah, That's but maybe the only this thing is I what, can say about it. Maybe this is what Genesis would have sounded like. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, that, that would that would sound way. That would sound too computery and shit. Yeah, now. yeah. That would that would have gone way too far. So like, it sounds remarkably human. Like I don't know if there's even real brass on it. I, it I, is real brass. Is it? Is it? Yep, definitely. Ah, okay. But I, don't know. I just assumed it was like amazingly programmed. I think it's because you know how I thought about it a lot. I haven't looked this up. I'm just sure about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll um, go with That's you. fine. We'll, because, we'll go with Audrey. Because you can hear the articulation. And I remember her earlier albums. And she's got all these connections and, in the right. classical world. And I also know it's not session trumpet players. It's classical trumpet players oh, playing right. that. Interesting. Like okay. it's 100% classical what, musicians. What's the bit that you're noticing? That uh, the time feel is, is different, but it's like it's perfect. Like it's it's Is that perfect. They've gotten the chart but you know what Dan uh, Hume would have done. I think it's just like I think they would have like done it in MIDI and yeah, then I just agree. got That's someone exactly to perfectly play it. Yeah, yeah. And like it's definitely not MIDI because MIDI is so shit. Or if they it's might MIDI, have. I'll like eat 
They might have cut know. it up in. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna yeah, message yeah. Dan Hume on Instagram and ask. Can you actually find out? Because if I'm wrong, I'll feel really bad about myself. No, I, but I, also, I I will feel really happy that they've made mini horns sound that good. <laughs> no, I reckon it's real horns. I reckon they're I'm, quantized. I'm sure it is. I I, I'm sure it's it. been quantized, yeah. and that's another reason that makes me feel too. that it's classical. Were they quantized? Just... All right, let's get to the and th- thoughts of the record, Audrey. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I think she's a really special artist. I think the songwriting's great. I love Church Girl. How Church can you so dance good. with oh, yeah. the devil on your back? So good. Oh, like it's like it's sh- and all the hooks they sort of surprised you. But they I, do. Yeah. I like the first time I listened to this was in lockdown, and uh, I was like going for a walk. I and think I, I just, sent it to you. Yeah, I'd already listened to it oh, though because okay, I'm cool in my own. Ra- no, <laughs> uh, but like. I was kind of walking uh, like, you know, on one of my walks, I live near the Yarra River in Richmond and I just felt like I just needed to dance, you know. And But it's not in like in a different way to Silk Sonic. But it's not something that I was familiar with. It also felt new and fresh. It didn't feel like a throwback album. And my favourite thing about it, was when my first instinct listening to the first five seconds was like, oh, Laura Mavula is doing a throwback thing. But then Me too. Yeah, you're yeah. only 30 seconds in and suddenly you're like, whoa, this isn't a throwback. No, this is bad. not as simple you, as a throwback I mean, you, thing. You were familiar with Laura Mavula prior to this record? I, I was already really into her. Like Green Garden and yeah. all that sort of I, stuff? Yeah, I like Green Garden. And I also like a lot of the collaborations she's done Yeah, with, uh, you know, Snarky Puppy and other bands that... <laughs> People sometimes will so judge me for not liking. But I think she's a really special person. And uh, I think when you hear a lot of her story in the music industry, she also has siblings that are musicians. Okay. And it's it's interesting. They're, like Dare I Mention a Rival, very popular podcast with Jesse Ware. We're like that Table Manners podcast. Oh, my God. Who and what and yeah, what do we need to do to, to – Well, it's like an actual pop star. From the okay. UK and her okay. Jewish mother like cooked dinner and, for these people. Oh, but Laura fun. Mavula is on it and she like is really open about all the stuff that happened with her label and she got divorced. So do we and, know what like, happened there? Uh, I think, yeah, I think you were kind of right but also she felt like she couldn't do what she wanted yeah. to do. Like, yeah, that, that's exactly what I've read as well. And yeah. uh, she felt like she, yeah, she felt like. She felt very pigeonholed. Yeah, and People she felt like she had singer. to. Yeah, and she felt like well, she, she was had very to do. Wasn't she? Yeah, like, and do the first album again. She mm, couldn't. She couldn't come out and do something as different as this. Yeah, it's and really her dad was uh, massively into Earth, Wind, and Fire, and then she just said, um, "That's that's what I'm doing." Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Atlantic let her do it. But I also think this album is kind of great because you can hear, like, if you think of something like Silk Sonic, which is such an obvious throwback to particular projects, whereas this, you can kind of hear that she likes Earth, Wind & Fire and you can hear all this 80s stuff, but you can also hear her unique voice and you can also hear it as a continuation of her first album because her unique songwriting, like with the euphoric choruses, you can hear that coming through and I just think it's amazing. I think it's great and she's really special. Why do you think that it uh, hasn't set the world on fire? I think she doesn't have people in the industry behind her anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she's not. And And she's older. She's older. And if you look at the, um, oh, God, I don't even want to say this. And she says what she thinks on Instagram. Yeah, she's very just a person. Yeah, Yeah, uh, it's almost, it's pretty heartbreaking actually to Uh, to watch her reaction to not getting nominated for things. Yeah, the thing about the, like her post after the Mercury Prize, it was like, uh, yeah, she was like, I was, needed this in more ways than I yeah. can ever explain. And, and I was like, I just wanted to hug her actually. Uh, and totally. send her a mess- I, I think I even did send her a, 
like a, I, I like well, I just tagged. I, you know, I, so, I said like this is yeah. the most amazing fucking thing. You know, you'll never understand what you've yeah. done. You know, so anyway, yeah. I is wonder she... what. Um, um, do you think you'll give it a six or seven <laughs> after that sort of comment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he. I'm like, feeling pressure now to increase the rating. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's it's it. I never. I didn't know. I'd never heard anything um from Laura Mavilla before, and it just. Okay, like you know, where did this come from? Like, it's can I tell you one quick story about seeing her? She came out in the Jazz Festival to play one of their shows that are usually Melbourne like, Jazz. yeah, the Melbourne Jazz Festival, great festival. Wow. They usually do these festivals where they get a couple of names. Like this year, they did it with Kylie and Tanner and stuff, and they played with the MSO, and they did a similar thing where they did George Gershwin tunes, mm-hmm. and they brought out her and um, Jose James and a couple of other like kind of like. Yeah. mainstreamy arty singers and she sang Gershwin tunes with the MSO and it was like knockout fucking oh, amazing what wow. a time machine yeah <laughs> it was it was so beautiful wow when was this uh not uh, a few years ago okay maybe three or four years ago but live like does not disappoint like oh. and it's that thing where she sings but she's not impersonating like she sang jazz, but she didn't try and impersonate jazz singers at all. She mm. was completely like, "This is me. This is Laura Mavula. This is my thing," and I love that about her. I love her um her long notes as well. Like there's no vibrato on it. Mm. Like it's just like straight clean. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful, and it doesn't even feel like it's like she's auto tuned. I mean, who knows these days? But like it sounds, she sounds like she can really just do all that. She mm. she's know? she can sing. Yeah. You know, she's amazing. Oh wow. We love Laura. Love Laura. Look, I um love yeah, this Ari. record. Yeah. I I um have always just always been very interested and in, always watched Laura Mavula. I think as I as I reflect back on just like how like I remember like you lost your mind, Ryan lost his mind, you lost your yeah, mind. Yeah, you didn't lose your mind. I didn't lose my mind. Yeah. Um and yeah. I still and my mind is still not lost. Like as mm. in like I still haven't kind of gone bananas. Um I think Probably just in terms of just genre wise, like I don't, yeah, I just don't get excited by. Do that. you lose your mind to Steely Dan ever? No. Well, they, it's yeah. just you know, it's different yeah, strokes yeah, for yeah, different yeah. folks. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know why I'm like that. So I'm just born that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, like I loved it, and I got excited by it, and I love like the complexity, and I love. I'm just keep on going back to that comment that you made, which is what is it? The concept of like mastery and accessibility and the unity of that. Yeah, like, that's – yeah. Um, and, and like, I completely agree with you that that is this record. Like, it's so complex and so pop. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, without, like, you know, I don't know how many other examples there are, but, like, I mean, even, like, you know, thinking about Quincy Jones, that, yeah. that world, yeah. um, that's where you see, mas- you know, thriller. Master, that's mastery yeah. and – Maurice White as well. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. – um, so just like mad props to like yeah everyone involved in making this record. I, I'm just proud as like just an Australian musician to go, go wow Dan Hume yeah fuck yeah weirdly you I know? am too yeah like, that's, like I don't that's even know just, him but just really exciting. I'm you glad know? that yeah um, really cool thing. Um, but I think we'll take it to the rating scale. Yeah, let's um, do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off, and I'm gonna go the uh, let's go the Shmurumatsa 
I've got I've got my eyes on you. So the ten eyes watching the bread leaven. Yeah, three days it takes. I think. Yeah, so and and I like I, I give this like a healthy seven point five. So what happens if someone touches the bread? Yeah, yeah, you got to chuck it out. Got to start again. Start again. Okay, cool. So seven point five eyes on the uh, on the shmura matzah. Um, let's throw over to let's, let's, your let's, right, my left. Let's go to Matt. Let's hear it. Um, it, I think it's gonna have to be an eight point five. Yeah. All right. It awesome. was gonna be an eight, but I think I think like I've felt some pressure and I up. think it's gonna be an eight point five. All right, eight point five. Yeah, like realistically, you know. On the get back How could it scale. actually on the, be on, on the on the Matt Red I wish I was doing scale. the get if back. If she was doing it on the roof scale. of Apple Records uh, with Dan <laughs> and, <you. laughs> and and there was and there was a sick, uh, what is it like a policeman trying to and like, twelve hour documentary of the making yeah, of yeah. and it was recording like through a red console with like yeah and everything was distorting a little bit. It'd be a ten. Yeah. <laughs> about you, Audrey? I'm going to use the let me try that rating scale, courtesy oh, yeah, of tech nerds that help baby boomers with their IT issues. Um, <laughs> because Laura Mavula sits right on that uh, precipice of age where she's not young but not old, uh, 9.5 as well. Right. I think it's an- another awesome album. Um, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> send a... Big hi out to my to my fellow bandmate Kylie Aldist, and I'm gonna refer to her Melway's rating <laughs> scale, not the Gregory's rating scale. Oh, do you scale. play with Kylie Aldist? Uh, so, sometimes when she <laughs> lets me, when she's not angry at me. Um, look, if the highest possible score was 16, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going out of 10, aren't I? So on the Melway's rating scale, I'm gonna go with Audrey and also give it a 9.5. I just think this is just quality. Like it's just, just a. Uh, there's not as many songs as I liked on this album as the Jasmine Sullivan. Like, there's probably three or four uh, songs I didn't like, but there was more songs. So, I guess if you start <laughs> doing the averages, it works out to about nine point five. It's it's so underrated, it, and it's criminally underrated. I'm really a bit shitty about it. Um, if you look at the Spotify metrics, like I think the top songs had like not many. a million yes. and a half plays. A million and, and a half like, plays. This is BS. There's, 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 there's fucking ridiculous. There's like there is like no going nowhere bands on Triple J in this country yeah. that have quadrupled. And yeah, there's there's been money right. thrown at this. Like you, when you say there's no money thrown at it, there has been because you look at the clips. There's three clips, and they're they've they've had money thrown at it. So it's obviously just. Not the time yep. for this to be hitting for whatever reason. But it might pick up, the, 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 you know, it's picked up the Mercury Prize. It might pick up all music. It, 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 it could. Win the yeah. Mercury it didn't, Prize. No, Arlo Parks Well, the good news is there's still one prize left and Arlo Parks wasn't nominated on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura, Laura, you're still with you. a shot. You're about to scale the dizzying heights. <laughs> 9.5 for me. All right, what, are you, what about you? Uh, I've already okay, rated it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to the next album. Yep. We'll go there in just a sec. Uh, I think we're going to look at Little Sims' album next. Yeah. Perfect. Women got the melanin dripping, L O N D O N C E girl living in the back, looking like fire chili pepper. You're a girl tougher than imperial leather. He was getting bitter while she was. All right, so we're back, we're back, we're back with uh, the third album of the night. Uh, Little Sims's 
how many how many what what, what album is this? Oh, is it third like or fourth? Four I mean uh, it depends if you classify oh, that seven, one second. seven to eight track albums. Sometimes I might be an introvert like Little Sims. It's the fourth studio album by British rapper Little Sims. It was released on uh, the third of September this year. Uh, the album succeed uh, it was nominated for a Mercury Prize as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think Grey Area was also um, yes. uh Nominated for a Mercury Prize. Uh, the album title is a backronym of Simbi, which is part of Sims's first name, Simbiatu. Uh, speaking on uh, the album title to The Guardian, Little Sims commented, I'm just very to myself and I didn't know how to really navigate that, especially coming into this industry where you're expected to have this extroverted person all the time. I wanted to just let people know that yeah, I'm actually this way inclined when it comes to business and my work i'm not shy and i don't hold back but in my real life i'm just a bit of an introvert um let's it's debuted at um number four on the uk album charts um became her highest charting album and first top 40 album uh and it was the biggest independent selling album record of of this year uh in the uk so it's received widespread acclaim metacritic which assigns a, a normalised rating out of 100. Uh, I think it's at 85, uh, 88, sorry. Uh, and it was uh, number four on the Paste. Uh, uh, what's Paste, that magazine? You know? Yeah. It, it's or kind a, of like an alternative NPR thing. They yeah. do podcasts and they have Paste Live. It's kind of like Tiny Desk. So that's why we get our guests in, Arik, for that sort of information. Thanks, it's very culturally relevant, unlike... <laughs> unlike this podcast. Unlike this podcast. <laughs> um, so it was ranked at number four on the top 50. Pitchfork ranked it at 29. Rolling Stone put it at 36. Um, so look, we loved it, didn't we, when it came out? Loved uh, it. Inflow. It's got that very inflow production style. So Salt was also in our top five last year, I think. Yeah, and Clear Soul's record was a honourable mention this year as well. And her previous record, which I didn't do a review. Um, so, yeah, I might the, launch in. Yeah, yeah. Am I good to go? Go for it, Eric. So this is one of those things where, you know, like like – one thing I love about doing this podcast is like I listen to these albums, I get swept up in like the moment of reviewing them because it's a week old in my ears. And then I come to this episode and I've lived with the album for quite a while. And um, so I guess I'm just going to lead. So I want to just kind of put like a caveat on everything I'm about to say, which is like I'm just a, obsessed with Little Sims, have been... So for quite a few years now. So did um, that go down when Inflow stopped following you on Instagram? No, no, it hasn't gone down. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm sure he's going to come back. Okay, okay. I follow I follow the session musicians in the band now too. I'm hoping they're going to check me like one of these days. Um, but um, look, basically, Stillness in Wonderland was the, the first big record that she put out. And like I was just com- I, like completely bonkers bananas for it. And then Grey Era came out of, like, just very low-key release. And that album, like, I think sometimes when I think about this album, I'm also just in the, still in the hue Grey of Grey Area yep. because, like, I mean, Grey Area is like a seven-track album of which the first five songs are, like, literally masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. And then kind of this new record comes out and, you know, the first single is Woman, which I think is 
I mean, I've already said Jasmine Sullivan, the other song, that song is Song of the Year, but Woman is actually... It's killer. Woman it's is, my top for me, Song of for the sure. Year. Um, and it comes out with that ridiculous film clip. And then next up is... Is it Introvert? Is that the the lead single, the track one on the record? Mm. Is that the uh, um, orchestrated one? Correct. Yeah. Funnily enough, listening back to that didn't do it as much for me. Yeah, that but one. the but but the film but the film clip was bananas, mm. and then track the third single was the po- Point and Kill, which to me is like second best song of the year, right? So like that's all that, actually, and then like when I say all this, like my opinions change again because I was. I was about to kind of go in and say, I don't know about this record for my album of the year. But then when I list those three songs, I'm like, I don't think there's like an album that has that many great songs on it the way I've got down to this album. Yeah. But just the kind of curious thing about like just the way music gets absorbed and how how we respond to music as well is that like, okay, so this is the biggest uptake of Little Sims' stuff, but that's... Not to say it's the best record. It's just because she's had this body of work that led to a moment in time where more people may listen to it when it comes out. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like it's been leading like, up like, to this. Like sometimes the album before might be the better album, but just by virtue of the album before being so good, the next one is the one that does really well. Mm. Um, and like, what's the story? Morning Glory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but like, no, is that a, is that a joke or is that a? I don't. It's even both know. a joke and and totally true. I'd no, say. No, as in, true. as in, right. as yeah. in, that was their second record. No, yeah. it was it's, got, what, it was it's got like three good songs on it, and their first record has yeah, ten Super good Sonic songs on and, it, and then their third record had one good song or no, right. zero good songs on it. Right, but, but their but, second record was just like everyone just. Yeah, 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 and, and, and called it album of the year. Well, it's yeah. probably much like the Verve as well in that respect as well, because they're you know yeah. I mean, I think a good example is in. In Euro Nirvana, like I don't think it's as good a record as Nevermind, but it was the one that went better than Nevermind. No, it didn't. It did. That's not true. I'm sure. Uh, maybe it did. sales wise, but sales wise, but I guess like as you go through those stats, that's kind of. I just stick with Matt's one. Let's just go with that. <laughs> All right. Um, so look, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's bonkers. Actually, it is bonkers. It's yeah. album of the year for me. Really? And, yeah. Wow. I mean, like I. Uh, just the the combination, and I think again, like I'm biased in so much as it's got all my favorite people on it. So like, I love Little Sims, I love Info, I love Claire Soul, and like they're all over this record, and I'm bananas for it. And the visuals that accompany the record, which you know, to me, I don't know whether or not that should be a consideration, but just it, like the whole package, the whole artistry is just so on point and so exciting and so fresh, and I just think she's amazing. And if there's anything I want to see more like there's no there's nothing i want to say more right now than little sims show this tour this is the most thing i'm most excited for in the yeah. world right now for music so what do you think of the production on the on this just on point? uh look i i loved it i mean i actually loved it i think i i, I think it might be one of those records where the, it might have been over too much of the producer's own voice um but I'm obsessed with the producer. So like, like who's the producer? Inflow. Oh, okay. And Inflow like is th- like the hottest producer in like kind of particular scenes in the UK right, right now. Mm. So he did S A U L T. Um, he oh. did uh, um, Clear Soul. That's his wife. Little Sims, of course. And then he's also getting on big like pop UK pop records. Like I think he did some stuff with Kooks just most recently. Oh. And he's just like you know he plays the drums. There's always a thing 
going in so like, that's like the the live instruments you know the, that's him. like the track that they just played that's that's all you know that's not a sample or no anything. it's not that's a sample all, it's all know, players yeah right yeah. and it's just it's brilliant and like yeah and then and then compare it to the live show which has like really like great but much choppier like much more tech choppier instruments i really love the tiny desk of little sims oh, it's great it's, it's great it's it's so relaxed you compare it to the jasmine sullivan mm. one where it looks like session guys are it's very like it. london versus america yeah, yeah, it's, it's great yeah it felt a lot more family didn't mm. it um real yeah of the earth um it just felt really grounded so look completely uh, like i just love love it i love her i love the little samples um, you know, those little kind of interludes. Well, it feels like a mixtape as well, don't you think? This, yeah. this album. Like it's 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 a rap album, but it's more of a con- it's a concept album as much as Jasmine Sell. No, not in not in the same thing. It's got a real mixtape vibe about yeah. it. It's really yeah, it's perfect. And the lyrics, I think. I mean, and just I guess we've talked about UK hip hop versus or just UK lyrics on the Australian ears, um, that I could just hear them clearer. So I yeah, yeah. I just get down with the lyrics far quicker yeah with uk they enunciate with, better with uk music than i do with american music i feel like this album is part of a cultural movement coming out of the uk as well which like, has been going for a while uh, yeah as well. uh, not just musically though i like instantly pair it with michaela cole and all these voices from like uh different parts of london and from a different background that is sort of coming up now and uh giving the picture of london that you already knew existed but mm. you know was underground like it seems to be making it more to the mainstream now whereas the garage thing you know it was huge but it didn't quite cross over and now you know there's this amazing movement Are you i love seeing just seeing... a hip hop movement or across no genres? just culturally so just say, like okay, yeah. michaela cole is an actress in a tv you know she wrote that show i may destroy you um but they're friends and they interact on social media like it feels like it's part of this big movement of yeah. like uh, the poorer parts of London ex- telling their story of London, which is so different to the the this historic thing, which is one of the parts of this album that I just think is so amazing, having posh Emma Corrin, the actress yeah, yeah, yeah. who plays Princess Diana yeah, in yeah. The Crown, yeah. reading all those things, yeah. which oh, are her thoughts. Yeah. 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 Oh. And she's reading it in the same voice that she does Diana. Princess Diana. Yeah. I and thought it was that, like Mary Poppins from like a sample. From <laughs> it's incredible though. No, but it's yeah. like that's kind of what it's supposed to yeah. be and yeah, it's yeah. this great thing because it just like – Very proper. And that – like hearing that voice, it, it, it like really it's threw me off guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I just loved it. I thought it was such a good Because I just thought I was just like going to pay out on that album after that happened the first time we listened to it, didn't you? It was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. This is – at something first, so like, wrong what? about it, yeah. but so right in the context of what's going on around it. I, I I loved it, and I thought all the orchestrations were really, really oh, beautiful. And the choir, the last two tracks are my favorite tracks on the album. Oh, and the I last just song think, misunderstood, so good. Yeah, and I think the how did you get how did like having that little bit of the, the choir? It was like bananas. Yeah, yeah. I I really loved it, but I also thought in a similar way to what I said earlier about the Jasmine Sullivan album, it felt very authentic and like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's really ballsy and to put out a song like that. Personally. Yeah, like to and put a song like that personal. about your dad and your relationship with your father. Yeah, totally. And that's that uh, explicit. You know, that's you know, that's ballsy. It, when I and compare that, we, I like we listen, it. and I, you know, I don't think there's even worth making a comparison, but I'll make it. There was a record we did uh, last week with Jali, um, the IDK. IDK, who also does this, like, he does a track about his dad. 
Um, yeah, but you know, like I don't think it's worth comparing. But just Little Sims's ability to tell those <laughs> stories, it just yeah, just hits you hard, you know, because it's against lots of people write personal songs about personal things, but great writers capture the thing to then take it over totally and then great then the great musical people involved in this project which is the uk scene just coming to light and it's so much grittier and rawer than you know like even if you compare it to the jasmine like that slick thing it's like the uk has really carved out its own sound and i have to bring up omar again because i did on the last podcast but like you know i think back to like that UK sound, it's not like it's something that's just popped out. No. It's been brewing for a really long time and it's like... Who's it's, Omar? Omar is this singer, R&B singer from, I guess, the 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Mm-hmm. And he was like the UK D'Angelo, Erica Badu equivalent. Oh. And But he was like the this UK soul singer sampled on a lot of American hip-hop records. And he's like the OG, you know, he's amazing. I have to check it out. Yeah, and he had this sound and he did that sort of jazzy soul thing and it... For me, I really think it's one of the things that has birthed this UK scene yeah, yeah. that now seems it's so bizarre that London is kind of where all the coolest R&B is coming mm. from now. Mm. And I fucking love it. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, they seem to be breaking the rules too. Like, I mean, obviously there's... Uh, but it's, all, it's not about cash and money and bling. No, and, that's a real honest. Absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah. There's something else. that it's not, I don't know what it is, but mm, something else going on there. Let's take it to Matt. I think that something is musical theatre. Okay. That, that's my... <laughs> I think <laughs> the DNA that I alluded to earlier that, that um yeah, that just rubs me the wrong way just for me personally, just puts me on the like the off-balance kind of foot. I think there's this, there's a musical theatre vibe to it. To this record? Yeah. How so? Um, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I kind of get what you mean, but I'm just I'm yeah. still shook. Well, you know, if if uh, is that because of those interludes? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, and um, you know, and the, and the sort of there's a sort of a theatrical. Uh, it's hard to explain. There's a you know, it starts off with this this track that's sort of the like it's like an epic, o, it's like an yeah overture like, of sorts. Or, yeah, sort of this epic sort of my life is this epic struggle against you know good and evil and it yeah I, i'm just gonna say i didn't quite i didn't, didn't quite buy it and i might be totally wrong and you know if i learned about her and her life she might be you know uh she might have had struggles that are equal to the the heights of the strings that that and the, and the size of the room that it was recorded in you know it's operatic <laughs> like yeah, it, was, it, it, was, it was it was it was a big statement um yeah and it it uh so you put off in the word go. Yeah, I was I was a bit bit put off yeah. by that. And then when you know when when those sort of when those vibes repeated through the album, it sort of like put me off again and again. But in, in the in the meantime, there were great moments for sure. Mm. Um, but more musical moments for me personally than like vocal and uh, or like rap moments. Yeah. Her her rapping style for me personally, like the monotoneness, I reckon isn't just doesn't work for me as well you know as well as it, it might um but again it's, it's that ineffable thing it just isn't yeah. my cup of tea you know yeah. like for some reason even though it's super impressive and like holy crap like some how old is she she's young 25 yeah i mean 
making an album like that with that kind of instrumentation and complexity mm. uh, at any age is a huge achievement. At that age is an even bigger achievement. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the musical theatre um, DNA as opposed to the, um, you know, Steely Dan DNA yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> There's something very British yeah. about it. It's and like, then I'd be like all think, over it. I think it is really British. It's, it's very, but I also think I totally know what you mean mm. because I think I, I am a bit of a drama queen and I like that. Uh, like the intro, I felt the exact opposite to you right, where yeah. I heard that intro and I was like, yes, this is fucking dramatic and I'm here exactly, for it every yeah. day of the week. For sure, yeah. And I, that's why I loved all those interludes because it was very dramatic. But I, I agree. I think it sounds very British. It's got a really like 70s sort of British BBC sort of um, orchestra. I, the Like the BBC, like... I mean, they have the Pops Orchestra thing yeah, and yeah. they're starting to do it now, the MSO, finally. But, like, that Pops Orchestra thing in the UK has been going for yeah. ages and they love that shit. Yeah, that's what it felt mm. like. It, it's, I don't know. It sort of felt like, have you ever watched the Royal Variety performance of on, like, music? You know, like, <laughs> it, it was sort of like taking the piss out of that a little bit. Yeah. I, I felt like those right. interludes were a bit like taking the piss out of I agree. How, was- how over the top the posh shit is in England. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of felt a bit like the Emma... And, and it's funny because even now just knowing that it's Emma Corrin mm. doing those things and that she, you know... I actually at first thought maybe it was a sample. Like it sounded so sort of legit. Like it was a sample of a of, of some sort of obscure sort of... And that uh, was part of it. Though, ...radio drama from the 70s and, yeah. you know... But like that makes me like it a bit more knowing yeah. that it's Emma Corrin and that they did it for this record. And But did it... Was that, was, was that like... What was the your perfect. read on that? Was that like um, her sort of like having the establishment sort of like looking talking down to her? Or and, and yeah, I, I thought it was a, a supposed to be a juxtaposition to what was going on, you know, um, with what, what she was talking about compared to what yeah. was it the rapper that came to tea? Yeah, or yeah. It was just like yeah. this is so ridiculous. It's it's it was I thought it was funny. Yeah. I also think they're legitimately just like friends as well. Her, oh, her right. actress, yeah. and I think it's like. Uh, culturally part of this broader movement in the UK of like uh, people kind of laughing at that old British establishment and how yeah. stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Taking like the, the royal Absolutely. family yeah, yeah. and being like this is stupid for sure yeah. lol yeah. And, uh, and who better to do that than Emma Corrin right now the yeah. actress that has just won a bunch of awards for playing <laughs> princess fucking Diana yeah. what do you reckon was uh I loved it. I thought I just, as you said, I just, I think we said it at the time, like at the heart of it, it's a solo album for me. Like it's yeah. just, there's just, there's just lots of different, there's, what's, what, there's an 80s track on there, wasn't there? there what was, where have I got, I've got some notes here somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think I don't, I don't have much else to say apart from what we, what we went over last time. It's, it's a, it's a really incredible album. She, I, I love her rapping on it. Like I just, as you said, like, you know, the, being able to talk to, be able to listen to like, the articulation of every word and be uh, like someone's having a conversation with you is just mm. so different to what you sorry Audrey what so different to what happens in the states like where you just don't you know it's just mumble like a rap. it's not even mumble rap isn't it but it's just like coming at you it's very affected and very whereas she's just it's conversational it's conversational yeah. and it's just I like that part of it I, you know there's something so yeah. lovely about that that it's um it's disconcerting but once you sort of tune into what it is it's just it's just I mean, beautiful. Common might be the closest to what maybe we're like in, like in maybe. American contexts. Yeah, but he does a lot of you know. 
He, he's very he, Hollywood, he, you know. He, Lil yeah. Sim seems way more authentic to me than Common. Yeah. Well, I mean, we and talk I about the throwback him. sound as well. I mean, you know, we've got, again, we've got this to Silk Sonic, you know, which is mm. a throwback to a sort of British 70s sound, which is like completely different to, to an American style sound. I just, there's something familiar about it. It just felt real. Um, uh, so do you reckon it was all played by musos? Like yes. there's not much sampling so. going on. I think it was all played by musos. And I think I know exactly who the musos are too. It's all a scene. It's a total scene there. Hmm. Um, amazing, amazing record. I think let's take it to the rating scale. Mm. Um, I might go first. Mm. I'm going to go. The, have I used the Pavarotti and Friends rating scale already tonight? I don't believe I don't remember. So. But I'm going to go the Pavarotti and Friends rating scale. I think Ricky, there was something about Ricky Martin being the the top 10 score. Oh, right. So I'm going to go I'm going to go a full no I'm not going to go I'm not going to go to 10. I'm going to go I'm going to go to 9 9. I'm I'm going 9 9 on this record. Am I next? I'll yeah. use the same rating scale. Yeah. I'm going to go I I feel like I'm a generous rater. That's okay. I'm going to go 9.6. 9.6? Cuz I liked it point one of a percent more than the other two. Okay, great. Awesome. All right, we're going to throw to Mr. DNA himself, Matt Redlick, <laughs> the, the DNA maestro. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go like 6.5, like same as Silk Sonic. Okay. Mm. Yeah, just for me, like fucking very impressive and yep. amazing. And maybe maybe in a, f- a year's time it'll be a nine, but yeah, 6.5. Cool. Was. I, I can't, I'm going to use the um, extra potato cake with your fish and chips. Rating scale. Oh, yes. Good I'm going to go nine and a half potato cakes. Oof. I think it was. Wow, you're just going like nine and a half across the board. Uh, I gave Silk Sonic a what? Nine. Did I? Can't even remember. There's I mean, a lot it's of the album of the year, you know, it's meant to be. Yeah, you got yeah, to go high. Yeah, they should, yeah be, they should all be high. high. We're not all using the get back scale. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me what to do, what, how to rate on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit harsh. Um, so that was uh, Little Sims five, album. Six and a half point five, six point. Yeah, 6.5. All right. Jeez, that's a, that's By the way, all, all my ratings there. are in limes at the at the nightclub. Okay. okay. Oh, Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, good, <laughs> good, I need to say that. Okay. All right. We're going to come back with our fourth and final uh, nominee for album of the year. And then we're going to declare the Lizzo, 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 Lizzo Award. Lizzo, not Lizzo. The Lizzo <laughs> Award. That. The Lizzo not Award. Lizzo. Definitely not Lizzo. Lizzo's trash. All right. All Maybe right. we should give her a call and see if like, she can come over after the MSO gig yeah, and uh, hand it out. about to crown the album of the the Lizard Award based on Album, uh, yeah, as album n- 
nomination of All Music Good Album of the Year is Hiatus Coyote's third Mood Valium. Album. Yeah, Mood Valium. Third album. No, third-ish. Second, second album. album. Second, second full length. They yeah. had an EP Second, second album, Mood Valiant. Yeah. Um, let's go. Loved it. I don't even remember what I rated it, but this is on repeat. Love it, love it, love it. You know, what do you I, love about like what, what do I love about it? What do I love about it? Okay, I mean, like from a song point of view, I love uh, you know obviously the what was that leading track that um, get sun get sun and uh, tell me can I get alive whatever that yeah yeah and we go gentle we go gentle I just okay and then I'm just I just love I love listening to a band that is um like pl- like playful. On one instance, masterful, and then also I guess just by virtue of it being a local band, like I just kind of, even though like I'm not in, like I don't play in that at that level or in that league, I just feel like I have just some kind of understanding of the neuroses that might exist within that band to be doing what they're doing. Like they're like super, super fresh, blowing up overseas imposter syndrome potentially up the wazoo who knows like and i just think wow that's a that's a neurosis that you know within the sweetest circumstances i can imagine that would be something that many of us might just hold and i think that narrative also permeates in my love of this record um and i just fucking love nay's voice and 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 i and i love how she sings and i love how just the kind of you know just amazing fantastical storytelling um and how uh just like i believe it i believe as a listener like that's how her brain works and i find that inspiring and wonderful and beautiful and again it's like like amplified just by virtue of like she lives in melbourne and like this is her fantastical imagination and you know we might see each other in the street and look at the same thing and see (laughs) <laughs> two two completely different things and I just love that kind of I guess local knowledge well she paints visuals in her just beautiful visuals lyrics. yeah and um and you know and it's just just the band it's just a cracker it's just an absolute cracker and uh, you know you hear these different guys in different bands and and like it's 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 four full-blown individuals who are all individual masters coming together and making one sound and that's beautiful and I love it um, in terms of the album um, I'm trying to think like if I prefer the, the, the first one or this one I think I prefer this one I'm gonna I'm, well, I won't go to my score yet but uh, just you know absolutely worthy contender for album of the year and you know has been nominated for its third gram you know its yeah, yeah. third for, Grammy and first which proper is, Grammy yeah for it's them really cool um, I might throw to you Audrey Oh, can, yeah, can I go? Is that okay? I know, you I'm go. Just, I'm just going to go what? quickly you because, go. like, you know, you, I, I just gave this a 10 at, at the start. <laughs> no, no, not, not tonight, but, yeah, like, you yeah. know, when we re- reviewed it. And I was just like, um, but I, don't, I hadn't listened to it. And I don't know why, but I just stopped listening to it. And I put it on this week and I was just like, this album is incredible. Like, it is so incredible. Like, what they do is so different mm. to everyone else out there like not different but different like you know they do their own thing they're so they 
you you put the album on and it's them you know you know it's them and that's so massive that you can say that for any band i think like have an identifiable sound which is them and you know what she how she sings like her, her vocals on this album are incredible like she sings so well like not that she doesn't sing well on any other thing that she does but like this it's so believable and the narrative that they paint and the visualization like feels like a like an album for a nature documentary on Mars in a thousand years time. Like, it's just like, like, what am I thinking about? Like when I listen to this album, it just takes me to this place that is not in Melbourne in lockdown. It's just yeah. somewhere else. And it's, it's just not in Melbourne in lockdown. It's so beautiful. Um, and I know we both love this song. Um, is it Stone and Lavender or Lavender and Stone? Stone but or Lavender. So, is, that the, so, is that the one with like the least... The piano, uh, Simon, and yeah, it's um, just the piano. And, and the so, like, basically, I got, I was listening to the album the other day, and I got five songs in, and then I had this like realization that shit. So Stone or Lavender is coming up in like, it's coming up in three songs. I'm like getting really excited because like the first time I listened to it, I was at home and it came on Spotify, and I was playing through, and literally, I nearly had a tear in my mm. eye at the end of the song because it was so. It's like. This is the culmination of this band and this song is the culmination of – it's the pure essence, I think, of what that band is, even though it hasn't got drums or anything else. But, like, it's so perfect and it's so beautiful. And I I was so excited that I knew it was coming on and it came on and it was awesome. I loved it. And, like, I just had those feels. And, you know, I had that feel about Woman from the um, Little Sims album, but that Get Sun – got the feels the first time I heard it when I heard Stone of Lavender I had the feels and like I remember talking about the first time we listened to it that I don't know if it's better than um what's the first album called again sorry cheese your weapons I like because I like the craziness of it like we're all over the place but this one's a lot more succinct yeah and it's a lot more cohesive and I I didn't know if I liked that about it but listening to it again properly this time I'm like yes this works as a cohesive piece of art and it flows beautifully and it's interesting it's just soulful it's just be- it's so beautiful like and i can't believe like i like I, I just you just have to as you said you have to you know pinch yourself that they sort of you know live down the road and they record all this stuff and like you know they they you know we we go to the same places i mean it sounds stupid it's not hero worship but it's just like i, I feel so proud that you know, a band like this exists in our community and they're doing this and they're putting out this piece of work that's like it's art and it's inspiring and it's it's beautiful and I, I love it. Like I love this album so much. I think it's amazing. What about you, Matt? Should we go to Audrey first? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I, like... <laughs> uh, I, I love this album so much. Uh, the first time I listened to Stone and Lavender, I was an absolute mess. I just think it's so beautiful. Um, What's it about? I, I I mean, I don't know, but I think it's probably about Nay's experiences over the last few years being sick and and right. finding herself. But I, f- I feel like all of those songs, it's like uh, Nay has this amazing gift for uh, using metaphors that are so visual and, you know, these nature metaphors, they're so visual but they're so 
they're deeply personal and they they sort of make sense to me like stone or lavender it's sort of there's no explicit lyrics saying like I went through this struggle and it was this like it's the opposite of the Jasmine Sullivan thing which is like here's my explicit experience this is like here's a metaphor for the human experience Mm. and but the way that I'm gonna sing it to you will make sense for whatever you're going through so sort of that that it's not how I write music, but I, I, I have. I think it's so incredible that she can write that, and I can feel everything that I'm feeling through that song, um, because of the way she sings it, the way Simon plays it, the way it's being put together. I think that song is just a masterpiece, and I think it, it's so stunning. I, I think the album as a whole is really, really beautiful, and my favorite thing about this band is that every person in the band is essential and it's it's like one of those magical things where it need it needs all four of them to make it work and every person has a really unique and special special skill and experience and life that they bring to this project and the four of them have chosen to commit to this project and to put their all into it and you can feel all four of them have put their all into this album and I think that's what's made it so special. Um, and I just think it's really, really beautiful music. And I, the snob in me wants to say as well, like I, I think that the skill and talent and uh, of all four of them really, it means that they just achieved everything they tried to do on this album. And I think that's... A, a big thing in this band and I'm just really proud of all of them and proud to be from the same city as, as them and I, I you know I don't know them very well but sort of I, I can only imagine what their lives have been and for them to wait so long and then put out an album like this yeah. I think it's such a beautiful thing and it's good for all of us it's good for Melbourne it's it's a gift to all, all of the Melbourne jazz and soul scene for someone from our city to make music this good and yeah. bring more eyes onto what we have here in Melbourne, which is a unique version of jazz and soul. Yeah. And yeah. without getting into that um, discussion, there's something where we are isolated here and like what we were talking about with Little Sims and the UK thing, that is happening here as well. And I don't think it's appreciated here but it's starting to be appreciated overseas. Yeah. And I think it the this band was the catalyst for that. And I'm grateful for them. And I'm grateful that this album was made and I have it in my life and in my ears. Mm. Well said. And and it, irregardless <laughs> irregardless of where it's from, like like, you know, yeah. I, I love that it's from here. But like and I actually found myself going, what do I think the same about this if they weren't from Melbourne? And like I'm going, Absolutely, I would. I'd probably think it was even better. You know, probably. It's like, you know, oh, there's these people off in this, you know, in LA yeah. doing this incredible music that we can't ever possibly ascend to yeah, that yeah, level. Yeah, but yeah. I actually know they're here, you know. Yeah. They're just yep. down the street and wherever, you know. Every cafe, like in New York when I was living there before COVID, every cafe was playing the first hiatus album. And I got a bit sick of it. I was like, yeah, I know them. They're yeah, from yeah. Melbourne. Like yeah. there's other bands from Melbourne, you know. <laughs> yeah. But like it's it's amazing. It's so it's so great. 
All and right, Americans think- should get switched on to other music because they're idiots, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said too many. I said too many sentimental things, so I had to like undo yeah. all yeah. of the yeah. sincerity. Yeah. No, no, the sincerity was perfect. I'll edit that. So yeah, it sounds really sincere. So much, so much warmth in both of your, in all of your assessments. Too of, much? Uh, no, no, I wouldn't say too much at all. It was, but it was, it, it's a, a very uh, notably different tone of of like affection. You know. Um, I think because it's just there's a uniqueness to it, which mm. is just it's not. Like okay, it's not a throwback album like Little Sim. I mean, like um, yeah, yeah, Silk no, Sonic. There's, just, there's, there's just actually nothing like it. There's nothing and yet like it. Still it. Yeah. is completely I accessible. Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing, but I think the pursuit and the intention maybe is a bit different. Yeah, I, I don't hear any consideration in the Hiatus Coyote album of what's going to be successful and popular. No, mm. yeah, I felt yeah. like they just did what they were going to do. Whereas do. all and, the and other albums to stay that on that train, yeah, for all of their releases without also just being. And and the other thing is just like whilst we're in this love in, like <laughs> they don't do a let's do a quintessentially Hiatus Coyote thing either, like. It, it's still it's always evolving and like without like tumbling into kind of you know Melbourne musical gossip and analysis like a lot of a lot of bands have attempted that kind of that you know Dilla-esque neo soul thing and it's I'm not saying it's good or bad but what hiatus have done but what hiatus have done is they've gone that like you might think that like you know people want to chase our sound but we're just evolving and now we're working with Arthur Verakai and doing yeah. fucking classical Brazilian compositions. But watching all these kids in America trying to sound like yeah, yeah. these guys from fucking Coburg is yeah, some of the coolest shit it's I've cool. ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know so that's cool happening but that's amazing. It's so it's, happening. Like, it's, it's, I love it. It's hiatus insane. are way more popular no, but, in New York and LA right. than they I mean, will ever Doja be Cat, in Melbourne. Doja Cat just like oh, grammed yeah. about them. Okay. Beyonce samples them. Oh, yeah, Jay-Z samples them. Anderson Pack samples them. Like they are <laughs> completely like – But every kid are, at jazz school – what? In America, is obsessed with them. Mm. It's hey, like it's crazy. The yeah. the other it's good awesome. point was that out of all the albums we've done tonight, like this is a band, you know. Who oh are, yeah, true. It's a band album. Uh, it's a band album with four people. There's not that. There's not a hundred songwriters. There's not a hundred producers. Yep. Like this is legitimately just four people, you know, following their pursuit of art. I almost wonder if uh, so. There's it's self produced by the, f- mm. the four of them. Yes. Right? Yep. So maybe this is a segue into like some thoughts I have. Yes. yes. So like maybe, maybe if they had one producer that wasn't the f- in the four of them, uh, I f- you know I feel like uh, this is this is my second placed album. Is, is that giving like everything away to? I think we no. all know what your first placed album is. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah that, that's obvious. But. I, I can see why he's placed himself on the couch tonight. He's the kingmaker. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'll just sit away from everybody. I need to get away from the, the, the gravity of the pressure to, to rate more highly than I know. Um, like what I, what, I, what, I, what I don't like about it is uh, you could put it in the category of like maybe like for my money at least like overindulgence yeah. in, in every individual kind of instrument or sound, like too much going on basically. Like when I'm not digging it, it's because there's too much going on. When I'm when I'm digging it, it's more focused and more um, just more focused, basically. More like, you know, someone's going to have to take a back seat or, or like two people are going to have to take a back seat so that the other people can drive, you know. Um, and so, yeah, so I wonder I wonder if they like did an album with a, 
a producer that they all that was like you know yeah that they all respected and could could like kind of like have sway with all of them i don't i've never met them i don't know like them as people or anything but um i think the caveat would be you know what that would sound like as well but i think you can make a caveat that you know this band are never going to be super popular in the mainstream i don't think Mm. you know for that reason i think i i think there's still like a sort of jazz philosophy Mm. i mean i say it's jazz because i have to use my degree in jazz no uh but like uh it's a uh, this to me is a different pursuit to the other albums Mm. and it's it's different and these four people are four people that to me like regardless of knowing them or not knowing them like I feel the same way about John Coltrane and Miles Davis. It's like I feel like the four of them can speak better through music than through words. Mm. Not that I know how they speak through words. But like, you know, the way Noe sings that song, for example, that we both love, Stone or Lavender, it's like an, it's a, the expression for me is not coming through the lyrics. It's coming through the way that she's singing it. It's like I feel everything. Mm. And I also totally get the point of like there's there's moments of a lot. But I also think that they're going for something else. They're going for this moment of like uh, this moment where the music is no longer a product. Uh, it's a piece of art. And therefore are the, the considerations of uh, an external producer or like the considerations of other people become irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Not that they wouldn't make it better, but I just think that. Well, it depends what the end point is, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. I think their end point was it's like, not. It's, yeah. it's like about, to me, it's just about like focusing what you want to communicate to like whatever that is. And maybe that is actually chaos or sort of like, mm. like yeah. 130%. Uh, um, yeah, more is more. Uh, yeah, I think that, <laughs> I, but I, I just, I, I guess there were too many moments of more is more for me to be like, like. So like, you know, you said John Coltrane, like there are some John Coltrane moments of more is more that are like, I totally, like I hate this and I absolutely fucking love it and it's fucking perfect at the same time. Like it's horrible and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's just like, you know what I mean? You can't even describe it. Mm. Um, What what the, and and what the difference is between that and this, I don't, I don't know, but this was more just like, anyway, we're dwelling on like on the, on the negative points. Mm. It's my it's my second placed album, so I actually really what did you like about it? Really loved it. <laughs> um, the first thing I wrote down was the strings. Actually, like yeah. a beautiful, lot of the string arrangements yeah. were beautiful. Is that did that's they... a Brazilian dude, right? So, yeah, so, Arthur Verica. I mean, the oh, article really? I read today was that they were about to fly out to Brazil to do the string arrangements with Arthur Verica, and they'd got an email from him saying. Uh, I think there's too much going on in this song. I can't really hear me being able to do anything <laughs> just when they were about to hop on the plane and they had a massive freak out. That, are you serious? Uh, yeah, that they, they were just about to fly 13,000 kilometres. There are a lot of like single note, oh, sorry, you know, non, non-harmonic, you know, just like melody, like mm. like everything stacked in octaves. Yeah, which yeah. worked Dirty. really well because it just like put this powerful like snake mm. through the middle of the forest, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, oh yeah, that was interesting. I actually wonder, like, cause I, you know, I, I know Bender plays, you know, cello and bass and stuff. And I wondered, I actually, in my mind, I was like, it's probably just all him just, you know, doing doing it all, but obviously not. I think he might have, you, um, is there strings on Stone and Lavender? I think there is at the end, isn't there? Yeah, there, of yeah. course there is. So I I'm wondering if they he did were that. Arthur Verica as oh, well. Oh, was it? Okay. But I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, they were amazing. Um, 
listen to it at the same time in the same situation as a Silk Sonic thing, like in the backyard in the in the hot evening, and it worked very well. I imagine that, it worked, mm. yeah. In that in that uh, kind of way, especially you know, like North Fitzroy sort of townhouse sort of look. Life. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I mean, you just cra- you cracked your hipster factor up, rating up like way high <laughs> yeah. by putting that on. In the yeah, there were people. Just, there were sort of like hipsters, just like <laughs> coming down the lane. Yeah. It's like a it's a hipster zombie yeah. apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to open the back gate and there's like a party or Come no. in, come in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I made a list of like favorite tracks and it's like there's like half the album is on there. So, um, mm. you know. That's always a good sign. Mm. What yeah. else? I'm so yeah, curious. Yeah, Stone or Lavender? Was Stone that your or favorite? Lavender's on it. Yep. Uh, I said, um, I just said this is probably the best. But at times it got got a little bit too shreddy. It just like didn't need to get that shreddy to me. Which but vocally, on the on that song. stone or lavender, it's just like it. Uh, you've you've already gone to a hundred kind of mm. thing. Um, actually, the hush rattle, which was like the little mm. um, interlude. Yep, I was like, got it. That was probably the most amazing vibe on the whole record, and That's like hilarious. make that make that into a five minute something, you know. <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted that. I wanted to see that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, interesting. Just sonically, just the like the palette that they that they created for that one, and you know, we go gentle, uh, get some. We go gentle. Oh, yeah. I love that song so yeah. much. I, I guess I guess I liked it the most when it was the most songy. And, yeah, um, I think yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but not because I don't like kind of progressive song. and and interesting stuff. Yeah, more just because when. I feel like when they did go more crazy, they they just went like in all these directions at the same mm-hmm. time, and it was like too much for my tiny mind. So, but yeah, it's you know it is amazing that it's happening in uh, this country in this town <coughs> as well. I, you know? I do have to say, like, it's always been happening here as well. Mm. Like, uh, we've always had amazing like an amazing scene and the there's been the best jazz musicians in the country coming out of uh this city uh sorry (laughs) there's been some of the best jazz musicians in the world coming out of this country for a long time and finding careers overseas and hiatus cody just managed to like stay together and and do that and and tap into this thing and open the door for a lot of other bands but uh they also don't exist without the legacy of a whole bunch of other australian musicians and i just i you know i obviously adore them and i think they're really special and magic a magical thing the four of them coming together but i don't want to take away from all the years of great australian and particularly melbourne music that set that up and you know another band that comes to mind is lanius and the family are mm. from brisbane yeah. and i don't think hiatus can exist if they didn't exist mm. and you know Barney mccall is another great musician mm. who i think existed before the like there's there's all these layers that build up and then a hiatus cody can come out of that it's like little sims c- can come out of like the garage yeah, stuff and all this other yeah, stuff yeah. yeah and i think those things it's 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 you're stepping on shoulders yeah and the danger of like this the way that hiatus blew up i also think when they blew up the first time around it was in a different climate they might be the last band to blow up like that from australia in that way because they like did a support and then they got like the ultimate sort of pr marketing i guess being like 
tweeted mm. by Erica Badu, but I don't think that happens and exists in the same way not, anymore. Maybe not as authentically, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, like there'd, there'd be suspicions if it happened again when people are like, you know, someone paid for that. Yeah, someone, I, you know what I mean. Like, so I think was, I think there was the magic of the four of them finding each other, and then the luck of them finding that audience at the right time and everything kind of working and blowing up. Um, not to take away from how amazing they are, which obviously I think they are, but yeah. It's just it, – it's Time a really place, cool thing. Yeah. And I really like the songs on the album that like I really like Rosewater and I really like Sparkle Tape Breakup. I don't even know why. I just really like them. Rosewater is pretty jazzy and I love jazz. Well, we might take it to the <laughs> rating scale and, uh, and then finally declare our dun, dun, Lizza dun. Award <laughs> for the year. And we can call Liz the right now the, and she might gold, be in the bed golden, and we'll go, Lizza. The golden Lizza, maybe. Any, you're the golden Lizza. Yeah. Like um, so we're going to declare the golden Lizza <laughs> the for the year. Lizza. But the first, first things first is we are going to take to the rating scale. I might start. Um, I'm going to go to the um, – gee. I'm going to go to the – look, one of my favourite rating scales of the year, the Grey Wall Shim rating scale. Yeah. Um, I, I should let you know, Matt. I have, I know I threw the shims out when I did the Renault. Um, I, I kept sh- that one shim that you gave me. It's upstairs oh, in the box, which has the things that that I don't know what they are. You know, <laughs> like uncategor- uncategorizable yeah. box. Yeah. Look, that makes that that fills me with joy. So, <laughs> but um, I, can't, I can't throw things out because in twenty years' time, you're going to need a shim. They'll have a yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll have, have a use. I hear yeah. you. I hear you. So I'm going to take it to the grey shim um, rating scale. And uh, I know that was a subtractive rating scale, but we're just going to look at it as go. all shims are good and the more shims you have, the better. Um, so I'm going to give this an 8.5 on the shim rating scale. Okay. 8.5 from me. Okay, I'll go next. Um, I'm going to use the uh, Kahuna Golf and Bowls Club camper van rating scale and I'm going to park the camper van right up next to the orange grove. I'm going to get some fresh oranges and make a Negroni. I'm giving it a freaking 10. Oh, you're back. Oh, it's back. It you're is, back wow. with a 10. Just, Love that. It's like when I listen to it this week, I'm like at the start of the week, Jasmine Sullivan, and then I'll, then I'll put it on like, no way, this is the best. Like this okay, is clearly is. the greatest album of the year. And I didn't think that was going to happen, um, but it was just obvious choice. That's great. Great that, that that's happened. 10. Audrey. 10. Hey. <laughs> all right, all right. We've got a 10 to 10 and now the uh, the independent, <laughs> the member, the member for the seat of Chisholm Independent Chism. MP, Matt Redlick. Oh, shit. 10. Um, <laughs> I could just stop that in. <laughs> that in later. So Laura was 8.5. I think it's going to have to be a 7.5 then. Whoa. Yeah. I, I reckon this maths, but I think. It might be maths time. It might be maths time because yeah. I, I, I had. I've been watching a lot of The Block this year and I think it's I think it just won. Really? I, yeah. I think because we all gave <laughs> Tens are hard to defeat. Well, I know. Yeah, ten, tens if you get a few tens are, from. Yeah, you know, and Little Sims is up there because we got three nines on the table. Three 9.5s, I think. You gave a 9.5 or I don't, nine? I don't even remember. Jesus Christ. Um, I think we just write, I think, like, just, we just call it. I think we call it. You can't even be bothered. You do this podcast for a whole year and you can't even be bothered to do the math. Well, I just want to point out wins. that 
we've just gone into three hours and one minute of the podcast. So we've only got an hour to go. An 8.5 and a 7.5. Okay, okay. How about we just fade this out and then we'll fade it back in and I'll work it out and then we'll come back in just one second. Okay. Back. So the the judges have handed in the cards. We've convened, We've ladies convened. and gentlemen. We have a split decision. Oh, how does that work? Well, basically, that's when you go to points. Oh, okay, right, right. Going to points. Ah, so got <laughs> unanimous. Okay. One. So in the red corner, we have an album that's on thirty-four points. Thirty-four point six. Thirty-four point six. And in the blue corner, we have an album. That is rated a 36. The winner of the Lizard. Golden Lizard. The Golden Lizard All Music is Good Album of the Year is Mood Valiant by Hiatus Coyote. Another second year running. Second year running for a Melbourne act. We should, what are the odds? What are the odds? No, but I mean, like, low. like legitimately, I, I genuinely think they're low. I don't yeah. think there's a bias here. Um, those are two, you know. I mean, Highest Code is nominated for a Grammy. It's only there's only one other album in our top four that is nominated for a Grammy this time around, which is the Jasmine Sullivan. Correct. Yeah. So holds good company. Um, yes. What a huge achievement. This has been a huge year. I want to thank. Uh, I guess you know, Waza, our spiritual leader, the man, the you. man who will make you feel guilty. You know. So many times a week for yeah. your lack of effort. back end effort. But yeah. you know, I bring the front end, baby. Um <laughs> <That's just> wrong. <laughs> oh, Hang on, on what 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 were the points of the like what where did all the albums come? Are we gonna say that? Uh well, uh So yes. we had thirty six for highest. What was the other album we reviewed? <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan. And basically, all those points off forty were me. So, uh, so, yeah, so fucking, we won't I'm, worry about you, Eric. I'm out of here. What did you give? For, did you give Jasmine or Laura Mavula higher? A higher score. I gave Jasmine a higher score, but you gave it a lot higher. So I think Laura Mavula finished third, and Jasmine Sullivan finished fourth. Okay, and, and Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic wasn't in Silk it. Sonic. Yeah, and Silk Sonic. Oh, okay. We ruled wasn't them out early. Right, yeah. Cancelled. Um, so <laughs> look, yeah, was it again? Thank you, thank you again for an, an amazing year of podcasting, Audrey Pound. Thank you, Thank you for your multiple visits to our uh, our podcasting space. It's been a pleasure to talk music and get to know you this year, which has been amazing. And similarly, Matt, so nice to talk music with you and, and get to know you better as well. As thank you to... for all the wonderful hours of entertainment that you guys have taught yeah, me and, and like connection to the to the scene. Yeah, uh, thanks, it is, guys. It's our absolute pleasure. Thanks. Um, yeah, look, thank you to the whole music uh, community in our hometown over here. Um, this has been. All Music is Good podcast. We will see you again next year, 2022, where we hopefully clock episode number 50, where we finally get to run through a banner. We'll <laughs> see right. you next year. Um, Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Good night.